This is the Fantasy Ladder Podcast, episode 28. I am your host, Steve, at Fantasy Ladder. This podcast is brought to you by the IDP Guys Network. So welcome back, my fantasy football friends and family. Let's climb the ladder of fantasy football together. So today we are going to be going through the entire week four slate with a very special guest, uh, a repeat guest. He was on uh, during the Kansas City Chiefs show from uh, early August, if you remember that one. So we're going to bring him on in just a second. But what we're going to go through are all the games. It's going to be sectioned off uh, basically by the primetime games, followed by some listener questions, the early Sunday slate, some listener questions, and then the later Sunday slate mixed in with a recap of the previous week of NFL action. So before we get into all that, let's bring on our guest. We have with us today, Axton Harding, the Axeman himself at Harden underscore three. He is a content creator with the IDP guys. Uh, you can check him out on the waiver wire show every Tuesday at noon. Is it mm-hmm. Axton every yep, Tuesday at noon? So Perfect. So, Axon, welcome back. And I uh, just want to know basically how you're doing, man. Hey, not too bad. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me back. I was surprised and excited uh, when I saw you reached out. So I'm not doing too bad. I'm uh, kind of hanging in there with uh, being new to fatherhood, two weeks down, over two weeks, pushing a uh, full third, uh, and it's taking a toll. But, uh, but we're hanging in there. We're doing just fine. That's, 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 that's great to hear. That's great to hear. Yeah, it, it really is such a joyous time when you first become a parent. And then, of course, you get your little bumps in the road, you know, mm-hmm. the little crying fits and then trouble sleeping and all that. But it's absolutely worth it in the end. But I don't need to tell you that. But uh, yeah, that that's really awesome, buddy. Uh, as Mike Sicoli says, who's your co-host there of the uh, Waiver Wire show, you are killing it in life right now. So I would agree with that. So that's fantastic. Um, so basically, just just want the listeners to know a couple things about you. One, uh, how many leagues are you playing in this year, and what does your Sunday morning routine look like leading up to the games? Uh, I'm actually not in near as many as you are. I think we kind of touched on this uh, previously. I'm not even in half as many as you are. I actually upped it to about ten this year. Uh, just me personally, it's just too much more than that. It's just too much for me to manage effectively. And I want to be in, uh, you know, in, in every single league and trying to benefit every single one. And to me, it's just not realistic, at least for myself to do any more than really that. Uh, but that, that consists of three redraft at uh, three tournament leagues and then four dynasty leagues. Okay. Yeah. No, I think, I think that's a very good number. I would agree that I am finding that I'm in, in too many uh, at this point. Um, last year, my amount of dynasty leagues, like quadrupled from one up to like, well, I guess technically four what would be quadrupling up to five, but um, I think I joined like six last year. Then this next year, I'm thinking, well, I really don't want to add that many that I added on another six, you know, so it just was like a really bad idea. Then just, I already play in a lot of like redraft leagues. My, my home league is like a mix, like it's more of a keeper league, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so 27 is a lot. I think 10 is a very healthy amount um, because you can still have a pretty good amount of players that you can root for, but mm-hmm. it's not, it just doesn't all become mush, you know? So at this right. point, it is just kind of like mush where I can't really effectively seek out 
trades or trade partners. It's just kind of like, we'll just see what happens if like, so I just can't pursue that in the same way as I used to. So I might have, I may have to scale back a bit. Um, but then like, right. like you said, you play, you play in some of these tournament leagues where, 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 where there's no trading anyway, like, like Scott Fishbowl, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you're in that. You got one of the best avatars from from, from the Scott Fishbowl avatar makers. I am. I just absolutely love it. So everyone who's watching, go go check out Axton on Twitter. Got a fantastic avatar. Nice like Kansas City barbecue grill, like a flame, and then a nice axe right in the, the flame. Yeah. It's perfect. <laughs> it's absolutely perfect. Yeah. No. So I like that. So so ten leagues. So so on like a Sunday morning. Um, Obviously, when there's like late uh, inactives or like, you know, when there's some of those like surprise inactives, like what are you doing throughout the week to prepare for those changes? Are you kind of like tinkering throughout the week or do you kind of just buckle down at that, you know, half an hour, 20 minutes before kickoff and you're just ready to make the switches or what's that like for you? Well, typically throughout the week, I'm kind of tinkering, you know, your Monday and Tuesday, you're you're targeting all your waiver targets, right? And then finally, when Wednesday comes uh, and they open up, you're going back in and making and just seeing kind of who's out there now, who who's everybody dropped and, and whatnot, because believe it or not, like it was just live before last week's games in one of my redraft leagues, Mark Cooper got dropped. So I picked him up, plugged him in for a quick 25 points and helped me get a W last week. So uh you know, that's kind of my Monday, Tuesday, uh, Wednesday anyways. And then throughout the week, I'm just kind of keeping an eye on anybody that's injured anyways. Uh, with the small amount, at least it's a little bit easier for me to navigate that, you know, uh, where you get a lot of players and you can almost kind of get numb and forget, uh, you know, oh, man, I, I do have him about three or four leagues. I got to go back and sell him out because even me with 10 last week, I, I did miss a Keenan. I kept Keenan Allen in one of my redraft leagues, and it did cost me, unfortunately. Looks like <sighs> uh, well enough there, though, uh, that I don't think it's going to it's gonna hurt me too bad. Uh, but, yeah, gotcha. uh, just kind of tinkering throughout the week. Uh, keep an eye on those, on those guys that are injured. And then Sunday, uh, about an hour and a half, I think they released the injury report. Before the games, uh, I'm kind of leading up to that point. I'm just kind of, uh, you know, being mindful of the guys that play later. Uh, you know, I have to make those decisions a little bit earlier or at least prepare, uh, maybe pop someone in a flex spot or something like that so I can uh, swap them out. Uh, but, yeah, that's kind of what I'm doing up until uh, game time. Um, you know, at the same time, uh, once I get everything kind of how I want it, I'm going into uh, Discord, answering any uh, start sick questions for our subscribers, uh, IDP guys, and trying to get involved on Twitter and things like that, and just uh, help out where I can. I love that. I love that. Yeah. So obviously, when you're in less leagues, it opens up more opportunity for you to help help other people out too. So, so I love that answer, uh, and I appreciate you bringing up the the uh, Discord. That that is uh, a tremendous benefit of being a subscriber to the IDP guys. Uh, so uh, I know that that that's a very busy place, you know, in a, in a great way. A lot of fun channels, and it's a lot of you know serious trade talk and advice giving uh, for the subscribers. So yeah, I mean, it's just. A lot of analysts, me, Axon, and the rest of the staff at IDP guys were at your disposal all the time in that Discord. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really awesome. I know Axton himself is is quite active in there. So that's fantastic. Um, yeah, we like seeing up- those subscribers use and abuse it, man. I, I hate oh, seeing yeah. like we have ninety subscribers in there, and believe it or not, there's maybe like a select ten to twenty of them that are really in there, you know, on a regular basis, and 
we have 10, 15, 20 guys ready, you know, at any point. And if, if we need to, we can, we can, uh, you know, bump some shoulders and, and get more guys in there to help us out. But we're eager to answer questions. In multiple time zones too, right? So yeah. we're oh, yeah. covered pretty much across the continental United States, as well as a couple uh, in the yeah. UK, uh, in England. That's right. Um, yeah. So all hours of the day, questions can be answered. So that's awesome. Yeah. One of those um, lineup adjustments I, I failed to make was I kind of had Julio Jones in a league as like a placeholder. Um, and I even set like an, an alarm on my phone to swap him out for, for Cam Akers. If, if he couldn't go, I'm thinking, okay, there's no Chris Godwin. There's no, there's no Mike Evans because of the suspension. It could be a decent, like, like, like target, like, like um, opportunity for him. And uh, game time came and passed. And I did not swap about. Fortunately, I did win that matchup by only four points. So Monday Night Football, I was really, really sweating that out. But oh boy, I, I got it. So I really got got bailed out. But by the fantasy football gods, there. But but never again will I disappoint them. But uh, I mean, that's either. of course not true. I'm I'm gonna just shoot myself in the foot, you know, more often, uh, than, than not, but, but anyway, yeah. So I, I love, I love, uh, what you bring to the table here. I love those answers. And, uh, again, I think 10 leagues, I think the point of, of that discussion was 10 leagues is a very, uh, safe place to be a very healthy balance there. So I love that. Uh, so we are just going to recap a little bit of the week three action here. So Axton, I'm just curious from your perspective, uh, what were some of your biggest takeaways, um, for real life and, or for uh, fantasy football? I wrote down a few here, uh, just kind of things that I noticed, uh, was I was impressed with how the Dolphins performed against the Bills. The Bills really just came out and were demolishing everybody, even, you know, the former Super Bowl champions from from a year ago and just wiping the floor with all their competition. And for the Dolphins to really come out and even uh, have Tua go down and to persevere and overcome that and even, you know, pull it out by, what, two points, I think. I was I'm, I'm just kind of impressed with this Dolphins squad. I like the way that they're looking. Yeah, that that was, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, just it was the clear matchup of that week, you know, uh, going in. But like, again, like, it's been very interesting to see the the Mike McDaniel offense, you know, um, a lot of these games, I just don't know if like a Brian Flores led team is going to come back and, and, and beat the Ravens or stick with, with the with the bills the way that 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 they did last week. So it's just really cool to see. So I'm with you there. A very exciting team. Um uh, just in the current moment, but also moving forward, it's just really good to see uh, to uh, have his like potential realized, of course, with, mm -hmm. with the added weapons of Tyree kill and, and company. So yeah, I, I like that a lot. Um, yeah. So, so that kind of hinges off of another point that I had written down here. Uh, the dolphins and the Eagles uh, did beat uh, division rivals to remain the, the only undefeated teams across the league while the Las Vegas Raiders are the only Owen three team. We knew that there's going to be a lot of interesting uh, competition in the in the AFC West, um, but I did not expect the Raiders to come out 0 and 3. I I think the beginning of the Josh McDaniel uh, era has been disappointing to 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 to, to uh, say the least. But 
I don't know. I just thought that there was better like defensive talent on that side, but they just seem to be a a, a defensive unit that you're just going to be starting as many players as you can from like the fantasy football perspective. So that's been very fascinating uh, to yeah, see I, here. I'm like you, I never want from this before the season. I never would have expected the Raiders to go zero and three. They just have too much talent not to have won by now you know what i mean i just <laughs> i feel like they're really doing Devontae adams a disservice the way they're using him he's getting a lot of targets but he's getting short targets short yardage he's hardly mm. accumulating any kind of yardage and to me he was i mean all over the field with aaron Rodgers. but uh we'll just kind of see how that how that plays out anyways uh, for sure. The, something else that's been surprising me is uh, Trevor Lawrence uh, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Honestly, if you had asked me for a season again, I would have probably told you that there's not a single second-year quarterback that was going to do d- even top 15, 20 this year. And what? Trevor Lawrence and that offense actually come out surprising uh, with that coaching staff change. So, uh, And then J-Rob coming off the – uh Achilles and absolutely crushing it, killing it, taking that running back role completely away from Etienne, who everybody and their dog thought was gonna just lead that backfield. Uh then Kirk coming in and proving he's a security good security blanket for Trevor Lawrence to really just take that next step. Uh it's far exceeded my expectations, honestly. Absolutely. Yeah. When when, when the announcement came of Doug Peterson getting hired, I was like, oh, you know, like I really thought like that was a very interesting hire, both for Lawrence and just for, for the team in general. I was kind of thinking like, well, it might just be kind of like a slow process just because that team just needs a lot of roster building, just to be mm-hmm. perfectly honest, right? Like Lawrence could probably only do so much. But then at that point, they, they signed Christian Kirk and they had all the draft picks that they had. But still... Very impressive to to beat a Chargers team. I mean, again with 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 a banged up uh, Justin Herbert, still, um, I, th- I think is 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 very impressive. So I think if you're a Jacksonville Jaguars fan, you have a lot to be optimistic about, uh, not only for just this season, but even moving forward. You know, so yeah, I, I love that call too. Um, Trevor Lawrence was was one of my. Uh, bright spots of the week three uh, big performances uh, for, from the fantasy perspective. I, I kind of included Trevor Lawrence in with Lamar Jackson, who just absolutely destroyed uh, Derek Henry is back uh, after a couple slow weeks there. He finally showed he just finally was able to bounce back, which is really tremendous to see. And Khalil Herbert uh, had a, a monster game in uh, only three quarters of play, uh, The well, of like full-time play with, with David Montgomery uh, getting hurt there. So, so we don't like that, but we like Herbert doing his thing, basically just leaving off of where he did as a rookie in uh, Montgomery's absence. Devonta Smith just absolutely destroyed uh, the commanders. And then Chris Alave finally was able to find that connection with, with, with Winston for a 147 yard receiving performance. Uh, so touching on, on the David Montgomery injury in week three, uh, some other, some other notable injuries uh, other than Montgomery was Deandre Swift quarterback of the Patriots, Mac Jones, and then another running back Dalvin cook. Uh, there's a lot of questionable, 
tags, you know, for, 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 from these guys. Ex- I think, except for for Mac Jones, he's he's most likely not going to be suiting up. I think that would be pretty unlikely. But we are now getting into this territory where it's just a, a lot of highly questionable guys where you really have to keep an eye on it through the week, and that'll come up a lot more once we start breaking down the games. Um, but going off of the big performances, there also were a lot of duds, uh, including Justin Jefferson, DJ Moore, Daryl Henderson, and Brandon Cooks. Cooks still had the seven targets, but only caught two of them and just w- w- for, for a very lackluster uh, performance. So, yeah, it's it's like every week of NFL action is is just so insane and so surprising, but that's just what makes it so much fun. Uh, we, we think we know uh, as much as we know about it and everything just like changes like week to week. It's insane. But yeah, yeah I definitely like after the- those, after those first two weeks, they were pretty just bam. You know what I mean? This last week was kind of a little bit more laid back, not to say that there weren't some just great performances, but there's some guys out there that aren't, that aren't just putting up the numbers you want them to put up. And I'm right. kind of waiting waiting for, for that week for it all to kind of come together. So we'll see see how things play out moving forward. But no, uh, I, that was that last thing that I kind of had written down, you were going back over your uh, big performances, was uh, what's Derek Henry and yep. everybody, you know, on Twitter and everything, from what I can tell, everybody was kind of questioning whether he was still King Henry and still elite. As a matter of fact, I even got asked on uh, – club uh club fantasies start sit show last weekend you know uh one of the questions was is he silly and my answer was uh yeah i believe he is yeah absolutely i don't have any reason to believe he's getting the volume you know the only thing you're missing was the touchdowns for the first two weeks if he got a touchdown you're happy with his performances he really didn't do bad and then to That's come right. out and really get 80 some yards this last week and even you know throw a little pizzazz on it and get five out of six receptions for 58 yards was just the icing on the cake. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause in week one, um, Dontrell Hilliard had the two um, receiving touchdowns. So you're just like, come on, you know, but no, Uh I, I was, I was very bullish on Derrick Henry going into the season. So for, for my own well being, I was very happy, (laughs) you know, to see him do well. Cause, cause there were some, that there were a couple leagues where I was not shy about taking them third overall. You know, mm-hmm. um, if it was like McCaffrey or Taylor, I was very bullish on on getting Henry at, th- at, at at number three. And then Justin Jefferson has his big blow up week in week one. And I'm just like nauseous. You know what I mean? But yeah, yeah. but now it's <laughs> it, it has kind of it has like kind of changed a little bit. You know, as far as the outlook goes. But I mean couple down weeks from from justin jefferson i'm not worried about it but still it is one of these things like for like my own mental health like going into the season like i'm just so glad like henry had a big performance you know but uh yeah yeah so yeah the the, the king is back for now hopefully he can he can keep it up uh for sure all right so we're gonna run through the week four slate uh starting with some of the prime time games we do have one unique one in this group uh we do have the early sunday morning london game we'll get to that in just a second so everything just kind of changes for that game when 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 the waivers run when you have to get them in like locked into your starting lineup so that just just be, be aware of that um but we will start with a Thursday night football matchup uh, between the Miami Dolphins at the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, I think this is a pretty straightforward matchup um, or, or set of players for, for fantasy purposes. 
Um, I think you can confidently start Joe Burrow. I think you can confidently start Joe Mixon, Higgins, Jamar Chase. Um, other Outside of those big four, I don't know if I would feel super comfortable starting Tyler Boyd outside of multiple, multiple flex leagues, right? Um, mm-hmm. But if it's just your standard two running back, two or three wide receiver and a flex, I'm not sure if I'm ready to flex him just yet, despite the good week three uh, performance. Anyone else on the Bengals you would feel good about starting? Uh, it just kind of depends on the matchup for me, but Hayden Hurst is one that if you're really needy, a lot of people will fade the tight end position and pick something up early and stream tight ends all year. Uh, oh, yeah. If he's up, there are some teams out there allowing tight, you know, a lot of production from tight ends. <clears throat> I think you kind of got to pick and choose with him. He's not somebody I'm really going out of my way to roster by any means. Uh, I think there's a lot of uh, similar targets you could have probably picked up by now. And that's kind of where, where I've been anyways with that. Uh, but you kind of pretty well hit it. Uh, Tyler Boyd, again, somebody probably not uh, looking to flex. He's kind of going to have those up and down weeks when Jamar Chase isn't getting all the targets because Jamar Chase is your perfect example of an elite boomer bust candidate. You know, he's either going to get all the targets or he ain't going to get any. And trying to pick those games out is is mind-numbing. <laughs> so you, you want to try to try to steer elsewhere, uh, you know, rather than starting Boyd. Uh, but definitely somebody that's going to come in and have his good games too. Yeah, I think I think Boyd, I think Boyd for me is more of like a flex when we're like thick into like bye weeks and stuff, you Mm -hmm. know, just on the chance that Burrow looks his way a little extra. I think that'd be fine. But in Mm -hmm. it's we're still in these weeks where we have all the options at our disposal, unless you're really buried bye by injuries. Um, I just would be holding off on on that. But I do like your point about Hayden Hurst because. The uh, tight end landscape is typically a, a kind of an iffy one uh, other than your big three or four at the top. Right. Um, but I think Hayden Hurst, I think is an interesting play. Well, when you compare him to someone on the Miami side of the ball, Mike um, Gesicki, someone who I viewed as a, just set it and forget it type of tight end, but we are, we are having quite the roller coaster with him right now uh less than two points like 16 or however many points then back down to less than two points last week really just insane just an insane amount of variance with him i don't think i i would have the uh gall to start him i would likely start hayden hurst over him um but on the Miami side of the ball, I think if you have Tua, I think you could feel pretty confident starting him with 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 just Waddle and and Tyreek Hill alone. I, I think uh, Tua it certainly has a safe floor. Really, the the big question marks for me with, with this offense is, is the running backs, more specifically Chase Edmonds, if he's going to be able to get it done um, for you. So he's kind of often drafted as like a zero RB, like RB two, or typically like, like as a flex or top of your bench type of an option. Um, very encouraged by his, his touchdowns uh, in week three, but just mm-hmm. still not a ton of carries and a, not a ton of volume, which you weren't drafting him for volume, but either way, because it's like the Thursday night game, you may need to get him in your RB two spot. Would you feel comfortable doing that? That's a tricky one because uh, yeah. I think the Bengals, if I'm not mistaken, I might have to look, but they haven't really been impressing too much on defense. I think that Edmonds' upside in the receiving game could play to his advantage in this one, and it seems like 
the Dolphins are really going with that hot hand approach. Uh, uh-huh. So that being said, if he's playing, let's see, the Bengals, have they allowed oh, – they haven't allowed a whole lot to running backs uh, just in general. But, again, with the hot hand thing, if, if – if, Edmonds is going to come out here and prove the, his value in in that receiving game. I think that he could prove to be a decent little a decent flex. Though I'm really really trying to shy away from that backfield if at all costs because it's again it's just one of those things you don't know you don't know. Uh, you can yeah. you can sit here and analyze defenses on their past performances and you can guess who's going to take the reins and who has the better opportunity, but. It's just kind of a, a, a toss-up, you know. Nobody yeah. expected Monster to have the game that he did. I think it was uh, week two. And then you come out and Edmonds gets two touchdowns. It's like, wh- where do we even go from here? So I think <laughs> yeah. I think he's kind of a, one of those that at this point, I'd like to I'd like to make him – I'd like to sit him back on my bench for now and just kind of make him prove himself to me for, uh, an, you know, another week or two if I can afford it. So I think that's I think a pr- he will yeah. give you somewhat of a floor uh, just – purely on PPR volume uh, as a receiver yeah. if you absolutely need it and you're, and you're desperate and you need somebody there uh, you can throw him in there and he, he's at least going to score you a few points yeah I think um, I think you I think you absolutely nailed the 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 correct outlook on on Edmonds for for this week if you have them if you have to you're probably okay with it but probably best to avoid just to see how how things go here but I mean, it, it is an interesting matchup. I think it, it has a lot of um, uh, shootout potential, perhaps. You know, um, mm-hmm. but either way, I I would be a little bit iffy uh, on starting if I had to. I do have him in Scott Fishbowl, so in, in that kind of a circumstance, I might have no choice but to start him. Mm-hmm. Um, but so so I I may just be t- taking the chance on him in that, but you know we'll, we'll see how it goes. Hey, I tell uh, you that I've sure. been playing uh, RB twos all year long so far. I had Elijah Mitchell go out the very first game, so Jamal Williams been plugged in there ever there you <laughs> ever go. since. So when yeah. you got small rosters like that, you kind of really have no choice. And in that case, you know Edmonds provides a lot of upside, you know, in his potential and his abilities. So it might pay off. But if I have the option. You know, I'd likely going elsewhere. Absolutely. No, I think I think that's correct. So now we have the early Sunday morning uh, game in London between the Minnesota Vikings and the Saints. Uh, for me, I'm avoiding Dalvin Cook if I can. Um, really has not practiced, I don't think, much at all this week. Um, I, he did make the trip, but, I mean, he really has not practiced. So... Last week, the, the the real questionable situation, well, there's a couple, um, but the one to me that that came to mind was like James Conner. If I could start mm-hmm. someone other than James Conner, someone who um, was very questionable all throughout the week, did not practice much, and then was like a, it was just very questionable the whole way up until like, like it being like a game time decision, basically, I did not start him in the spots where, where I could um, afford to not start him, right? And that, that, that actually was the correct call because he just did not have yeah. a very good game. Um, so in this case, I'm definitely avoiding Dalvin Cook. If he's out, obviously, I think Alexander Madison is, is a smash start. Um, I don't know, though, if Cook is healthy, if I would feel comfortable starting Madison. So that's kind of an icky one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think Kirk Cousins you're starting. Um, 
in single QB and super flex, obviously Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. I'm very comfortable starting them. I, at least for me, I think um, Irv Smith Jr. is a very interesting tight end. Again, just with the tight end landscape, I think you could, you could do a lot worse. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you feel any differently about those Vikings players? And is there anyone else you think is a fringe start? Uh, no, I think you pretty well hit it right. That Irv Smith kind of plays into where we were going back with with uh, Hurst. You know, he's to be, I, I would even consider him just a little bit above Hurst just for the fact that he's got less competition for the targets. And, you know, occasionally he's going to get one thrown to him uh, when Jefferson and Thielen are covered in the end zone. Uh, yep. But as far as Dalvin Cook, if he is if he's not a go, I I would feel confident putting in Madison if he is playing. They I think I read somewhere that he has played through this shoulder injury before. Mm. Uh, if he is a full go and there's no sign of any limited reps, I don't mind putting him in just because the Saints, albeit they are, they have played exceptional up to this point. They have allowed a fairly decent amount of rushing yards to uh, opposing backfields, uh, 328, as a matter of fact, through three weeks. So you're okay. averaging over 100 yards a game to uh, opposing backfields, and Dalvin Cook is one that if you're going to give him, a, if you're going to give him a little bit of slack, he's going to take the whole thing. Uh, now, what is concerning is maybe the fact that they haven't allowed but one rushing touchdown this year. Uh, mm. So you're just kind of hoping that he's going to accumulate a lot of yardage, uh, but you know, at the same time, uh, just kind of keep in mind of that injury. Uh, Alexander Madison averaged 19 points a game as a fill-in last year, so uh, you're you're not going to set him if he's going in there. For sure, for sure. Now, on the same side of the ball. Basically, you have a healthy Chris Olave, who I think you could feel very confident starting as far as I'm concerned, uh, but perhaps as a flex play. Then everyone else is just, is just unfortunately questionable at this time. Alvin Kamara, Jameis Winston, Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry. like Those are the big five that you would start of, of the Saints players. I, I really don't know that that's really going to come down to roster makeup and their... Uh, like Thursday, Friday, Saturday practices, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Cause again, it's like, if Michael Thomas is healthy, I, I can't help, but not get him in my lineup. Right. Like we, we know the kind of upside yeah. he has uh, and same with like Jarvis Landry too, but, but maybe, but definitely a, a tier below, but obviously he has these big spike weeks as well, mm-hmm. but if they really are questionable and because it's like the early, early game on on Sunday that could really just jack up your whole day if they can't if they only if they are active but aren't like really part of the game plan mm-hmm. um and it could just be another like Marquez Callaway you know a sighting or whatever um a- any differing thoughts on on the questionable uh Saints guys no I think you you pretty well said it right uh if those guys are healthy. Michael Thomas, you don't mind putting, you want him in your starting lineup. He's going to get in the end zone. Uh, Jarvis Landry, I like just because he seems to soak up all the yardage for, you know, alongside uh, Olave. When Olave's not having his 140 yard weeks, it's going to be Jarvis Landry getting most of those targets. Uh, yep. Granted, Landry's more of kind of a desperation play at this point. I think for me, I'd like to see more, uh, more games like that week two performance he had. Uh, mm-hmm out of him before I feel comfortable really playing him 
Now with Kamara, I'm still I'm still being patient on Kamara. I want to if you drafted Kamara in the second round, likely right. So second or third round, depending on kind of when your draft may have been. Uh, and at that at that cap at that uh, draft capital, you can't help but at least stick it out for a little bit longer. He he's he's producing he's just not scoring and he's not you know with the injury to start the season he's just a little bit delayed to get to kind of get a groove I think on this year kind of like a Derrick Henry you were a little uh concerned kind of through the first couple of weeks how he was going to do and I think Kamara's going to he's going to have a game uh eventually I'm not I'm not entirely sure if it's this one the Vikings have allowed three rushing touchdowns through the first three weeks so you know that is encouraging if he's going to get in there and, and uh see all the reps now if he's going to be kind of part-time like he was it seemed like last week then Mark Ingram may be the one punching in the end zone and I'm going to be over here cussing up a storm <laughs> <laughs> oh likewise my friend yeah 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 uh yeah so it, it's not a question of of Kamara's ability right it's just mm-hmm. it's, it's more of a question of his availability and that's just is what's really frustrating because even if they are deemed active it's still we don't know how it's going to be implemented, you know, and then you just get really, very, very frustrated, obviously. Uh, so that's another one like, like Dalvin cook. It's basically just going to come down to kickoff. Um, but it's, it's, it's going to be really hard to, to get them out of your lineup, especially for how much you had, um, you know, what, what, what you had to pay to, to get them on your team. Right. So mm-hmm. it is just one of these situations where if you do have very good options behind them, then it may be, you know, you can maybe take the chance of of not starting him and stuff, but mm-hmm. I don't know. It's gonna be very yeah. challenging for me to to not start him. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you. I think the only one that I really wouldn't Michael Thomas, if he's gonna be playing part of the game and he's gonna be on limited reps, I think just because of the touchdown uh, upside, I'd probably sit him unless he's gonna get all the reps. Uh, you know, in that, in that early game, you know, if I'm not one that's going to wake up and just be on my roster from, uh, six 30 in the morning, I wouldn't mind, uh, taking that chance. Uh, Kamara, like you said, man, it's hard. It's hard not to, it's hard to keep him out. You want it. You want to, you want to hope he plays, but at that point you just, if you picked up like a, uh, I don't know who's a good late round candidate that you could have got like a James a James Robinson or something that you might have for like a flex spot hands down I'd throw you know if he's sitting on your bench I'd throw him in there for him this week or something like that uh, yeah I mean I think I think James Robinson I think Jamal Williams if, if Swift mm-hmm. doesn't go I think both of those guys I would probably would feel much more co- comfortable starting over Kamara just because of the the question marks there yeah, and they'd be like more likely to be on the same team, just kind of with the difference in draft capital. They'd be a lot later in the draft. You could likely have both of them. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. All right. So keep your eyes on on, on the questionable Saints here as they finish out the week in practice. Uh, Sunday night football game. We got your Kansas City Chiefs at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Although that game may be played in Minnesota. Uh, so we'll have to see how that goes. That, that's kind of an interesting curveball there. In this matchup, I mean, I can't not play Patrick Mahomes. He's just he's going to be a starter. Couple down weeks, you know. I, I don't care. He's he's going to be a starter for me. Travis Kelsey, he's going to be a starter for me. Um, 
I would love to hear your thoughts on the wide receiver core in a second. Um, I actually don't love Clyde Edwards Hilaire in this matchup. He obviously has been fantastic. Obviously still a part of a pretty annoying committee. Uh, I think only having played, I think 40% of the snaps once uh, in, in the three games so far, but he has been phenomenal with his opportunities. It's just the Buccaneers defense is, is really tough <laughs> against running back. So again, he's another one that's just going to be hard to, not play, but in this particular week, I would definitely would manage my expectations with CEH um, thoughts on him and the Kansas city chiefs uh, wide receivers. I, I am a chiefs fan, but believe it or not, since even I, since out of the gate when he just kind of really came in and stunk it up for us, man, I just had a bad taste in my mouth for Clyde. I don't, I'm not one for fantasy to go out and get those guys that are, that you got to guess on every week. I just go ahead and avoid that headache altogether. All your J.K. Dobbins, Cam Akers, I'm not for yeah. messing with the headache that's been their entire careers, you know, and he's just kind of been one of those guys that I've just avoided. And against a tougher defense, I'm not really so – you're kind of hoping for a touchdown at that point, and I'm not really convinced, you know, unless they throw that little shuffle that they – that. Andy Reid likes to do, but uh, oh yeah, that's kind of been textbook Kelsey too. At the same time, so you really, again, you just you just don't know with that backfield. And I even heard or read somewhere that McKinnon's been taking more snaps than him on a game to game basis. So just a lot of red flags. You know, he he has done really well with with what he's uh, with his role in the offense. But that's the thing about Andy Reid is he knows how to he knows what role his guys need to have. And he gives those guys the exact role and nothing, nothing more, you know, like everybody kind of has their, uh, their position and what they do on the field and they just kind of stick with it. It's like you perfect, you perfect your craft. And that's kind of what Andy Reid has each of his players do. Uh, and as far as like the wide receivers go, I'm still feeling okay with putting Juju in their flex. The, yeah. volume and yardage is encouraging. I think it's really only a matter of time before he finds the end zone and really just gets uh, comfortable there as well. Uh, a lot of people are panicking on him. Uh, MBS is not really one that I would just kind of someone you're putting in the back of your lineup and hoping for a good bye week filling. But I'm still feeling I'm still feeling good about Juju moving forward. I think it's only uh, better things from here, at least with this offense. I would agree with that. Yeah. So I, I would still would remain confident in, in Juju Smith Schuster. And then like the rest of the guys behind him, I think are fine to hold on your rosters. You know, maybe MVS has more like, um, you know, like DraftKings, you know, uh, upside there, you know, but, mm -hmm. um, if I have to start him in like a weekly lineup set, I'm just going to kind of hold my nose and then press submit. But really, only it, if you're thick into the woods with like bye weeks and injuries, I, I don't want to have to uh, rely on him. But he is just kind of like like a, a lottery ticket, you know, in the mm -hmm. case that, that there are some uh, injuries or whatever, you know. You know, obviously, I mean, he could you know blow up an entire game. He's kind of like Sean Jackson in that way, right? Um, but yeah, so I think the Chiefs are pretty straightforward. We we both. Uh, are kind of a little gun shy on, on CEH, um, but still bullish on uh, Mahomes, Kelsey, and Juju. So I like that. And the Buccaneers, um, really, I I can't help but just play Mike Evans. So he's just a, a staple in the starting lineup. I think mm -hmm. Leonard Fournette as well. Um, 
Although Tom Brady, I I really don't know. I think I'm avoiding him here if I can help it. Uh, he's, a, he's a quarterback 27 on the season so far. And again, it's because of a lot of the injuries in, in, in the offense as well. Uh, but he just, I don't know. He just has not looked like the same Tom Brady. I mean, he's still uh, for like fantasy purposes, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, the passing volume isn't there, and obviously the the overall stats aren't there to really have him in, in a single quarterback league. I absolutely think you can bench him. I think he's fine as a QB2 in Superflex, um, but definitely would avoid him if if at all possible. Uh, agree with that uh, statement? Yeah, there? generally. I picked up uh, Tom Brady, honestly, in one of the IDP guys' tournaments. And man, it's really been a disappointment (laughs) to this point, honestly. But uh, to be honest, I think that I don't think the Chiefs have uh, played an opponent that scored less than like 20 points to this point. So, you know, it is encouraging to know at least that he's going to have opportunity. Somebody's going to be scoring touchdowns. I think Leonard Fournette will uh, see the end zone likely. you want to start your Mike Adams or not Mike Mike Evans, uh, and I don't even know who who's healthy at this point in behind him. You got Russell Gage, you have Denzel Perriman. I don't know if John, is Julio healthy or Godwin. So he he was he was out last week. Um, I think he still is kind of questionable going into this week. They signed Cole Beasley. They still got Scotty Miller, um, Brashad Perriman. And so it's like just a, a lot of like random guys, basically. You know, obviously Beasley has had moments of like PPR upside and stuff. But again, if if Godwin is out, I still like Julio if, if he's healthy. Um, overall but still you know just just with how spotty he's been with his own health it's like i'm not really in any rush to get him into a starting lineup either um so it could just continue to be the mike evans show (laughs) you just just like business as usual as long as he's not suspended you know what i mean so Mm -hmm. uh like he was last week but yeah it's just it's just kind of a mess you know um uh, for for uh, fantasy purposes, outside of just Fournette and and Evans, like I think I think Brady is really missing Gronk. If if I'm being honest, mm-hmm. so uh, yeah, not, not not having that reliable like tight end presence in, in the red zone, and just to kind of keep the chains moving, I think you know perhaps that that was a very prominent key to his success. You know, from from, from, from a fantasy standpoint, I don't know, right. but but I, I mean, obviously, not having Chris Godwin is a really significant factor as well. So. Yeah, so that's an interesting one, and that'll be on a Sunday Night Football, uh, as mentioned. But yeah, so it'll be interesting if that's in Minnesota or if, or if things are okay, you know, enough at that point in Florida, and you know, hopefully everyone in Florida is doing okay. The coverage of the hurricane has been has been horrifying, so hopefully, you know, everyone's gotten out, and then the damage is is minimal. But I mean, it doesn't look pretty. Uh, so Monday Night Football, we had the the Los Angeles Rams at the San Francisco 49ers. Um, another really interesting uh, matchup here. Uh, two two division teams who who know each other well, right? Uh, on the 49ers side of the ball, uh, we got you got uh, the running back um, Jeff Wilson, who I would feel comfortable a- a- as a starter just based on on a volume play. Tough matchup against the Rams uh, front seven. Um, but I would still would, would be all, all right starting him. Uh, I'm still going to ride it out with, with, with Debo Samuel. If I have George Kittle, I'm starting him. Um, some guys on the fringe, though, like 
as a quarterback too, you could consider Garoppolo perhaps as a flex play, perhaps um, Brandon Ayuk. I don't think the Rams uh, secondary is really too much of a, a shy away point at this point. Um, thoughts on uh, Ayuk and, and Jimmy G. Uh, yeah, I think with uh, Jimmy G, I think this offense kind of gets back to where, where they were kind of last year, I, which I yeah. think in turn will actually bring Ayuk's value a little bit uh, up. So having him in there at that flex spot, I don't mind. <clears throat> uh, Kittle, if he's healthy, no doubt you're putting him in there. Yeah. Uh, now, Jeff Wilson it's just kind of one of those you really don't you you don't want to unless you have to and that's literally okay. just based on pure volume you know just because right. you're back you're running your 49ers running backs whoever's starting is going to get the touches it's just a matter yeah. of whether they do anything with it and jeff wilson's one that's going to run for 150 yards or he might give you three or four weeks where he doesn't get 50 yards uh right so definitely somebody i you know if you got to throw him in likely give you a decent floor uh but i'm really kind of avoiding him in starting lineups okay yeah yeah so 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 to to your point about the volume that that's kind of is why i would be a little bit more comfortable with them but you are right though where he'll have these these big weeks and then these kind of poor weeks so it's just uh, that's always is on the table for I sure a full ppr league you could probably feel comfortable just based on volume probably sticking them in there and think flex that makes more sense. The the PPR aspect of it for sure. Uh, the and then the the LA Rams Cooper Cup. You're starting him like no matter what. Uh, mm-hmm. But 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 kind of a lot of fringe guys here, right? So I think I think Matthew Stafford. You could pretty comfortably start him, especially in like a super flex league, kind of borderline in, in a single QB league. But again, if he's throwing the cup, I think Cup will do enough to to make mm-hmm. it to, to make it worth uh, starting Stafford. Uh, but then you have guys like like Allen Robinson. And like Tyler Higby, Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson, just kind of a mess there, right? Like mm-hmm. at this point, that they they kind of seem like like those heavy bye week type of flex plays or starters, but really not guys I really want to be hanging my hat on uh, week in and week out in these weeks here, where, where we have all the options at our disposal. Obviously, we like the Cam Akers touchdown of last week, but then he follows it up with a fumble. It's like, you got to be kidding me. You know, and then yep. Daryl Henderson just does not get involved much in that last game. So it's very bizarre. Um, <laughs> do you think you would feel comfortable starting Cam Akers or or, or like um, an Allen Robinson uh, out of this offense? And Allen Robinson probably a little more comfortably uh, okay. just because he is that second option behind Cooper Cup. Uh, now with Cam Akers, the backfield, you just don't know week to week. And wasn't at the first game of the year, obviously Cam Akers, I think was still coming off injury and he was a little up in the air, but Daryl Henderson took, took the reins. And I think in week two, it was still Daryl Henderson week three, you finally saw Cam Akers. So it's another one of those backfields where you're just kind of, who's going to have the odd hand this game. And you really don't know because right. Daryl Henderson right. did excellent last year as a replacement. Uh, matter of fact, I think he was even top 15 in like yards per game. Uh, now he didn't play the full season, uh, but you'd like to think that he's going to have more uh, high end games. But at the same time, if if Akers going to be in there and be involved, they're going to give him his touches and he's going to be a Thorn Henderson side. 
just kind of one of those that you know if if you if, if you can give it away you kind of want to i've had that's right uh, yeah there's a uh, one of our subscribers in the discord chat has actually had the same uh start set question for the first three <laughs> weeks of of cordell patterson and daryl henderson and believe it or not chose the wrong one every single time it was henderson, henderson i chose henderson the first week and cpat goes off for like 150 weeks and then i was like i think this week it's week two it's gonna be cpat you know and daryl henderson scores a touchdown and gets in you know and cpat doesn't do crap and then last week cpat does it again I'm, oh he goes nuts yeah what, i don't know what i'm gonna tell him this week <laughs> Yeah, it's like what, what, whatever you're about to type out, backspace it, and then do the opposite thing. Second and then, yeah. yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh my word! And then of course it'll just be the first thing that you initially yep. typed out because you didn't right. press send. You know, mm-hmm. no, yeah. So it just it just drives you crazy. Uh, definitely um, a, a, an avoidable backfield where I was very excited for Daryl Henderson, but again, just very unpredictable usage you know so it just it just drives you crazy uh but again you know a lot of these teams just do not care about fantasy football that they just <laughs> want to do what's best for the team in those moments or in those drives mm-hmm. and, and it makes sense and we can only control what we can control but the point is, is that it's still a very good offense you still want to have these pieces of this offense but definitely avoid them like you said where where you can so i would agree with you there until you're deep into the by week uh, woods for sure. So we're going to take a break from uh, the game previews and we're going to go through some listener questions here. Uh, first one is a super flex question uh, from, uh, from, from friend of the podcast uh, at it's just fantasy underscore. He asks, he needs one QB for his QB two in a super flex league. Uh, his options are Justin Fields, Matt Ryan, and Jimmy G. So we just talked about Jimmy Garoppolo against the Rams. Matt Ryan is going up against the Tennessee Titans and Justin Fields is going up against the New York Giants. Which way would you lean here, Axton? I think of these three, I'm probably going with Matty Ice this week. I know he kind of had a little bit of a uh, down week last week. He didn't even score, uh, didn't even go for a touchdown, I don't think. Uh, but this week he's playing a Titans defense who has allowed over 800 passing yards to this point. They're one of the more generous defenses. Uh, and on top of that, they've also allowed eight touchdowns to quarterbacks. Uh, so I think Matt Ryan comes back through and has a bounce back game this week. Uh, and if you even want to go so far as to look at like Fields and Jimmy G, uh, Justin Fields isn't even throwing the ball more than 15, 17, 19 times, you know? How, how can you expect – I know he's got that rushing upside, but in terms – even if you go there at this point in the season, he hasn't rushed for any more than 40-some yards. And he, I don't even know – he might have a touchdown. <clears throat> so, again, it's just guessing. You're really living on a prayer if you're throwing Justin Fields in there at any point in this. You know, I'd like, I wouldn't want to even put him in as a QB2 until I see him get – 25 plus passes a game i can't you can't you can't throw him in there just hoping he's gonna run the ball every single time and have a hell of a game Uh, and then jimmy garoppolo would kind of be my second option if you're really anti matt ryan uh the rams have have allowed five touchdowns and over 800 yards as well the quarterbacks so i mean him or matt ryan are kind of have a similar opportunity i just think matt ryan's gonna be the likely more likely the two to really uh, take advantage of that. 
Yeah, so obviously I gave these questions to Axton ahead of time, but we did not share each other's answers. So in this case, I went with Matt Ryan as well. So so that's fantastic. Um, the, 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 definitely the the, the uh, order for me would be Ryan, Jimmy G, and Fields, just like Axton. So we are definitely on the same page there. Next question comes from uh, Abdil H024868385. He's asking for PPR. Need one of these options. Devin Singletary, Jahan Dotson, or Richie James. Who has a higher opportunity now uh, without Sterling Shepard, uh, unfortunately uh, getting hurt there at the end of the Monday Night Football game. Only getting uh, six targets per game up to this point, even with already pretty uh depleted um wide receiver core um i'm going devin singletary in this case axton where would you lean between singletary dotson and richie james i agree i'm going with devin singletary richie james he wanted to think that he's gonna get that increase in volume from his six targets a game but at the same time you really don't know what this Giants offense is going to do. And there's no one clear cut uh, wide receiver above the rest. I'd like to think it was uh, Kadarius Tony, who to me is the most talented wide receiver they have, and he's the least used. So yeah, it's, I don't understand that at all. It's just unbelievable to me. But yeah, no, I'm mind boggling. But uh, so Richie James is kind of one I'd want to, I'd want to see a few, a couple more weeks out of him, just see what he's going to do with the uh, volume increase or at least the uh, snap count increase. And Dotson is just one that's playing a tough defense in Dallas. And I think the touchdown dependency is just shine me away, playing that tough matchup. I know if you're yeah. going up against a very generous defense that's kind of letting offenses do, you know, throw it at well, I don't mind throwing them in, throwing them in there for a good chance at a, a touchdown or two. Uh, but I think just Devin Singletary is just going to kind of have the, uh, the better floor and geez, he ought to just have a better game this week. Yeah, it's another game that has just like unbelievable shootout potential with the Bills against the Ravens. I mean, like 80 points could could, could be scored in this game. You know what I mean? It, it could just be nuts. Um, so, I mean, he obviously had a really massive spike week as far as like pass catching goes uh, against the Dolphins. So you can't always... Um, count on that but at the same time like you like the point you mentioned about Dotson the the uh, touchdown uh, dependency is it, it's not always going to work out that way uh, and he is basically is is at least third in line with the amount of volume that Curtis Samuel has seen and, and Terry McLaurin as well so obviously a great talent but but between these three options and a PPR I definitely would go Devin Singletary and Axton would agree so that's fantastic Next question is from Ryan, Will, uh, and then a bunch of numbers after that. So we're not going to go through all the numbers, but but Ryan, Will asks, uh, in a standard league, uh, in a standard league, C.D. Lamb or Michael Pittman? So really just a real tough one here. C.D. Lamb is going up against Washington. Pittman is going up against the Tennessee Titans. Um, I, I'm leaning Pittman in this one just because of the matchup. Uh, against Tennessee, they are, and again, just kind of going off the point of Matt Ryan, it that they basically are are having the same amount of targets per game. Uh, Pittman obviously missed uh, week two, but week one had 13 targets. Week three had nine targets. Did very well with, with all those uh, targets, and and so has Ceedee Lamb. 
for the most part. The one week was a down, or the the week one was a down week. But but after that, he has kind of caught his stride with with Cooper Rush. If it had picked between the two of these in a standard league, Axton, uh, who would you be choosing here? I'm going Michael Pittman. Uh, see, okay. he's been one of the, he's one of those elite talents that I'm just not in on yet. Uh, and when you're talking about, you said standard league, you're really hoping for a touchdown. When so you look at CD Lamb's history, there's only been two times I think is if he's been in three years, he's going on his third year in the NFL. There's only been two times where he's actually scored a touchdown in back-to-back weeks, and one of those times okay. had a bye week in between. <laughs> so okay uh, yeah, yeah yeah you know he got a little technical with that one but uh i think michael Pittman's just as kind of what i mentioned earlier with the tennessee titans just being a really generous defense and allowing five touchdowns to uh co- opposing quarterbacks and michael Pittman is definitely going to be the one that's going to get at least one of those touchdowns there's it, it, it's he has to. There's nobody else, you know. He's got Ashton Doolin. He's got uh, shoot. I couldn't even. Oh, uh, oh, Paris Campbell. You know, none of these guys oh, are really going to come out and just get a whole get all the touchdowns. Jelani Woods, I think, had a couple last week, but that's not an every week thing. Michael Pittman's going to score, and a, if they're going to score a touchdown, and Matt Ryan's going to throw, Michael Pittman's going to catch it. That's Absolutely. Kind of no, so on that. I love it. Yeah. So, so once again, we are in sync and the, again, that this was not planned. So that is just, that, that, that's, that's the direction that we both would go just in it, uh, just independently. So, so once again, we are aligning there. So I love that. Uh, so the next three questions are all basically surrounding one player. And, and this is going to be the, 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 uh, Brees hall section. Um, first, uh, friend of the podcast, uh, at Ryan minor underscore FFB. You may remember him from the, from the Detroit lions episode from back in the summer. He asks, am I crazy to start Brees hall this week? I'll just start by saying no. And then we'll move on to two other questions that involve Brees hall at Jay Moeller, 05, another friend of the podcast from the Seattle Seahawks episode. He asks, Brees Hall or Ramondre Stevenson in PPR? I think I am going Brees Hall against Pittsburgh. Uh, Ramondre is just playing. Green Bay has been playing very exceptional, and they've been very stingy to opposing backfields. Uh, now, Pittsburgh's front line is a lot more uh, probably sturdier than their uh, their defensive backs. Uh, so, you know, they kind of offer a little more uh, appeal to wide receivers. But uh, I just think that uh, Brees is just going to be involved in that. The Pittsburgh defense is just real. And I think Pitt and, uh, with Zach Wilson coming back, I think Brees Hall is really just going to keep adding up those uh, receptions and really get around that front line and just get downfield. I don't think Ramadre is going to, he's not going to have near the opportunity behind Damian Harris, especially playing that tough defense. Yeah, no, I, I, I do echo a lot of those thoughts. Um, Brees Hall at this point of the season has 21 targets on, 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 on the year so far. So it's a very impressive amount of pass volume. Now this was without Zach Wilson. So that was with Joe Flacco and they just are throwing, throwing, throwing. Uh, but still 
it is just showing, you know, that Brees Hall is is who we thought he was. You know, he can do it on the ground and he can catch passes when 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 he needs to. Now, and Michael Carter's there, but I think I mean, obviously, Brees Hall has been getting much more uh, target volume uh, for, from the passing game. So in this game, I will also be going Brees Hall. I am a little bit shy of, of a running back going up, up against the Packers defense as well. Then the final uh, Brees Hall question in this section comes from JCJ Dynasty, also a friend of the podcast. He was on the Pittsburgh Steelers episode. He is asking uh, to pick two. Uh, we got... Romeo Dubes, Brees Hall, Jerry Judy, or Gabe Davis. So two of these, I uh, don't think there's a specification over PPR. I think that's just a safe assumption at this point. That's the majority of what people are playing these days. Uh, where would you lean here, Axton? Uh, just right off the bat, I think I'm going Brees Hall and Gabe Davis. Uh Romeo Dubs did have a great week last week, and he is going to be used a lot. But I think I'm just kind of tempering uh, my expectations with this next matchup against New England because they've allowed, I think, the seventh least, seventh fewest passing yards to uh, to opposing quarterbacks. And that said, if the Green Bay Packers are really still hurting at wide receiver and the New England defense is still is stingy enough, I'm not really sold on any of the Green Bay Packers wide receivers. And uh, we alluded to Brees Hall with his matchup in Pittsburgh. I like that a lot more so than I like uh, even Jerry Judy in Las Vegas or against the uh, Raiders. Anyways, the Broncos just really haven't done it for me. Very minimal offensive performances, and I'm not willing to bank that this week is going to be any different. uh, Gabe Davis, again, is just playing the league's worst uh, defense in terms of, you know, defending the pass. And so the fact that they are allowed, they've allowed over, I think it was about 1,100 yards through three games this season is insane. They're almost just letting quarterback turn out and sling it for 400 yards a game. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's incredible. So I think I, I even tweeted earlier, I'd start all your bills, man. And Dawson Knox may even find the end zone this week. Gabe Davis is going to be one that he's going to have all the opportunity. The only thing I think that might hold him back is if it gets carry, if the game just gets out of hand. But at the same time, when you're talking about the Baltimore Ravens, they have terrible defense. But Lamar Jackson's just been that guy. He's going to keep them competitive. And I think this game's just going to go back and forth the entire time. Yeah, it's kind of a game where the Bills don't want to let up on the gas. You know what I mean? That they're they're going to want to get to that at least thirty point spot to maybe push to to. 35, 37, even 40, uh, to just keep pace with with uh, Lamar Jackson because he's shown uh, multiple weeks now how he can just completely flip the the, the, the game around. Um, but yeah, so the only qualifier I would add with Gabe is uh, he's just currently uh, he's currently questionable. Um, maybe with that like ankle that, that's starting to, to, to linger. But I think you actually did change my mind. I was going dubs here, but I think um, Gabe actually makes a lot of sense because of how that game could play out. My initial answer was Brees Hall and 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 Dubes because I think it's just a very uninspiring wide receiver group there in Green Bay. But again, like the, the Patriots are are no are no cupcake um, uh, um, 
matchup for sure. So I think all things considered, as long as Gabe is healthy, you're starting him uh, for sure. So yeah, I do like that. Right after him for me, if Gabe Davis Perfect. is is even if he's not looking great going into the game and he's not going to play, I don't mind putting dudes in. I mean, the volume, the volume's going to be there. It's just, I'm not, if I have the option here and Gabe Davis is entirely healthy, I like the upside this week, I think, versus Stubbs. I like that a lot. Yeah, I'm a little freaked out over the Broncos as well. Uh, just <clears throat> typically a massive fan of, of, of Russell Wilson on the football field. Um Judy is a big fan of him and Sutton and everyone else in that. It's just, it's just, it's just insane. Like it's just really just bad. It's Real just bad disappointment from what everybody, the anticipation that everybody had coming into the season is like, oh, this blockbuster trade, Russell Wilson. You know, so so many times all pro goes to Denver, and really at the time, Denver they have a solid defense. They have a they had a great O line. They just never had a good quarterback. And to me, yep. I thought this was going to be, you know, the final straw. This is what's going to put make them competitive. But it's really yep. been a bummer to watch. And they are two and one, uh, but but each game has just been uh, like like a real struggle. You know, like they just barely beat the Texans, and and they just barely beat the 49ers, who only put up ten points. You know, so it's it's just it, it's amazing. I I really thought um, Russell Wilson with those two. With, with, with the with the with, with the wide receivers um you know it, it's i just thought it was like a minimum of like 24 points a game <laughs> you know well, what i, I mean? think they should have blown out uh, the seahawks and uh who, right. who was it that you mentioned uh, the texans the texans yeah i there i don't see why they shouldn't have blown that blown them out of the water in my opinion so the fact that they're they're staying close just makes me even that much <laughs> that much more nervous yeah for sure for sure all right excellent so uh Listeners, appreciate you asking. Uh, hopefully, we can help you out with, with those uh, difficulty uh, decisions that you have to make there. So, we're going to run through the uh, Sunday early slate of games. Uh, we did talk about a lot of these players already, but we will just touch on all the notable players, at least for these matchups. Uh, first, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles offense is just is just phenomenal. It just looks uh, incredible. Obviously, you're starting Jalen Hurts. You're starting um, um, A.J. Brown and Dallas Goddard and, and, and Devonta Smith. I would be very bullish on them. Going into the season, I was a little iffy on Miles Sanders, but what he has shown so far, I've been extremely encouraged by um, a little bit of a down week in, in, in week three against the Commanders there. But they just, it just the game just kind of got out of hand, and it just they didn't really need to implement him as much. Um, still did what he could do with his touches. I would still be confident starting Miles Sanders here. Um, any different thoughts on the Eagles? This is pretty much all go on, on your Eagles, basically. <laughs> No, no, that's that's pretty well exactly how I'd say. I'm a little if here, I think, on Dallas Goddard. It is encouraging to see him uh, getting involved. Okay. But I think it's just kind of one of those things that you don't really know when he's going to score that touchdown, and that's kind of what you're looking for out of Dallas Goddard. He's not just going to come out and get you 100 yards every week, especially with uh, A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith. But I think at this point you can confidently start Devonta Smith. Uh, I'm even – I was if you like you on Miles Sanders coming into the year, I was kind of worried that uh, <clears throat> Jalen Hurts wouldn't take to the new uh, scheme and he would kind of try to fall back into his old ways and just kind of avoid, you know, the backfield. 
but his usage has been encouraging. And yeah, maybe a down week in week three, but just to see them using Miles Sanders the way kind of we all really wanted him to be used uh, is just encouraging to see. And I think I'm I'm confident starting him and throwing him out there every week, especially with the way this offense is running. He's he ought to get plenty of opportunity. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you there. Um, now on the Jacksonville side of the ball, the the Eagles' defensive unit has been pretty great. Uh, I think you mentioned on the on the waiver wire show that not every week that the Eagles are going to get nine sacks or eight sacks or whatever it was. Um, but but Lawrence has been playing extremely well. Christian Kirk has been playing extremely well. Uh, James Robinson, a lot of very intriguing pieces here. Even Zay Jones, you know, who I think was was a was one of the top ads on your waiver wire show. Which of the, of the Jaguars would you feel comfortable starting against a, a Philly defense that has now held two straight opponents to, to less than uh, ten points? Oh man, this is. <laughs> It's an interesting think, one, isn't I think, it? Yeah, it is. It is because I like I like the way that, that Jacksonville's really been playing. But yeah. this is going to be, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, going to be their by far their toughest test to date. Uh, so I see a little struggle coming coming from Trevor Lawrence. I'd I'd imagine that him and Kirk probably connect uh, enough times to make Kirk relevant in your lineups. I think Kirk is kind of getting to that set it and forget point in this season. Uh, oh, for and, sure. Yeah. Yes, we lost Axton there, but he will uh, join back on. But uh, what he was talking about was uh, Christian Kirk in in the passing game there. Um, Here he comes. There we go. Yeah, so you're talking about – oh, you're good. You're good. Yeah, so you're saying that uh, Christian Kirk is a set-it-and-forget-it type of a Mm -hmm. uh, talent. I think after this week, if he can at least post up decent numbers, 70, 80 yards, and maybe a touchdown, I think he really has just solidified himself in starting lineups the rest of the season. Zay Jones would be one that might – I'm avoiding it if I can, I guess, is it, yeah. kind of the point I should make. But now with a tough defense, you're, you're kind of uh, – I think it's safe to assume that they're going to be honing in on Christian Kirk. So if on the chance that Christian Kirk is really being either double teamed or is just not having a day, I think Zay Jones could likely be the one that reaps those benefits and sneaks behind the defense and takes advantage, takes advantage of uh, the double coverage uh, and then being just kind of lazy on him. But again, I'm just not, not really throwing him out there in the starting lineup unless I just absolutely have to. And I think at this point you should, you could likely have a, a different flex to kind of pivot to versus Zay Jones this week. And then in the in the backfield, uh, you, you have James Robinson, who has been just fantastic uh, at this point of the season. And Travis Etienne, who's been a little bit of a letdown, uh, but still has has been kind of in a, a pretty consistently mediocre like floor play. Mm-hmm. Um, any thoughts on the backfield here? I think at this point, I'm I'm still pretty confident starting James Robinson. Still a little iffy on on Etienne, even though I still believe in the talent. Are you getting any of those guys in, in lineups this week? And this week, again, I think ETN is just kind of one of those, if you can pivot elsewhere, I would try to do so. He's been very efficient with the touches he gets and the looks that he gets. He's doing really well. I'd like to see him pop in the end zone. If he could find the end zone, you know, here and there, I think I'd feel a lot more confident <clears throat> in him, even as a consistent mediocre play. Uh, 
but I'm really not sold on on starting him just yet until I kind of see him see him find that end zone. Uh, James Robinson, I think, like you said, is just kind of at this point, hands down, you you want him in your lineups. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, c- c- kind of another borderline tight end is Evan Ingram. I think he's kind of on the fringe, um, still getting decent looks in the offense, uh, just kind of up and down, you know, just like a lot of these tight mm-hmm. ends are. So he still is in that like Hayden Hurst kind of uh, it's, it's such an interesting like line to draw. It's, it's like the Hayden mm-hmm. Hurst line, right? Uh, mm-hmm. So I think he's he's around there. Uh, I think I would still would be starting Ingram over like a Mike Isicki type, you know, uh, mm-hmm. but it won't won't necessarily be thrilled about it, you know, but I think if the league is deep enough, uh, I think you, you could have, you could be starting much worse. So it uh, seems like we're on the same page with that. We'll move on to the Cleveland Browns at the Atlanta Falcons. Um, we finally had a big game out of uh, Kyle Pitts, you know, finally, like, like I mean, it wasn't like a huge, huge game, but it was definitely what, what was big enough to just wipe the sweat off of our foreheads, you know, if, mm-hmm. if, we, if we got him. Um, so, so, so we like uh, Kyle Pitts there. We like uh, Cordero Patterson. Uh, do, do you like him against the Browns defense this week? I think now he, he's surprised us already this year. I think at this point you kind of have to. Uh, and if I came up with a Daryl Anderson, CPAC quandary again, I think at this point, uh, given Daryl Anderson's <laughs> lack of usage last week, I'd, I'm going CPAC all day. Uh, so I I don't mind him. The, the uh, Browns got a little stingier defense, but they're kind of banged up right now, so it might take right. a little bit uh, of adjusting for them to get in sync. I think CPAT's still going to be the foc- uh, focal point of this offense. Gotcha. Yeah, a- another player I'll throw out there is is Drake London. He's been fantastic uh, to, to, to start the season. He's another um, borderline must-start type of a player. Uh, does the secondary of the Browns shy away from that, or are you just gonna roll with with London either way? Um, with London, now the Browns are gonna be a little bit stingier, as I mentioned. I think London's still gonna get eat up his yardage. He's still gonna get his targets. Uh, yeah. It's just how often he's gonna find the end zone. Uh, I think it's really gonna be the only worry. So. It, if you're relying on volume and PPR, I think he's still going to get he's still going to get his points. He's going to be again, you know, the top that big body receiver. Love watching him play. That's a big body receiver just out there bullying defensive backs. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, no, I mean it, it's been great to see, but um, yeah, you're right. I I, I think. I would still be confident starting him no matter what. I just think the Falcons are just never not going to be in, in a position to want to be passing the ball a lot, you know. Uh, so I definitely like him still. Then the Browns, I mean, I think this is pretty straightforward. Uh, I, I would still feel very confident starting like Amari Cooper. Obviously, Nick Chubb, you're, you're not benching him. I think even uh, Kareem Hunt, uh, you know, had the massive week one, then a little bit of a dips there in week two and, and a decent week three there on the Thursday night game. Uh, would you feel comfortable starting Kareem Hunt? I like Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt just yeah. has that nose for the end zone. Typically, I'd mentioned I'm not mm-hmm. one that likes to chase after uh, touchdown dependent, you know, people. Um, but Kareem Hunt's just been one that year after year, no matter who's with or who's playing for, when he gets the opportunities, he scores. And he's very good at what he does. I don't want, I'm not shying away after a down week. I think Kareem Hunt still 
gets valuable looks. Him and Mitch have make up one of the one of the best duos out of the backfield of any team in the league. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I do hope that that the Browns sort of work off of their success against the Steelers and keep um, tight end um, David Njoku involved. Uh, mm-hmm. For me, he's a very startable option after what he's after what we saw last week. Like that potential has always been there, like forever, especially with with, with Jacoby Brissett, who I kind of like as a sneaky um, mm-hmm. QB two this week. But I think. Um, Ninjoku is definitely a starting caliber tight end, especially just with, with the tight end landscape. Like if we look at that Hayden Hurst line, I think he's above it at this point. Oh, yeah. uh, so I would be very confident starting uh, Ninjoku and just hoping that they just replicate how they were able to mm-hmm. use him against the Steelers. I think that would be uh, phenomenal. Well, it uh, seems like uh, Brissett's really kind of getting in a groove there in that offense. I'm as, oh, yeah. As achy yeah. as it feels to say, you know. <laughs> uh, but with Amara Cooper was kind of one that everybody was really iffy on coming into the year, whether he was going to be able to do it with uh, Jacoby Brissett. But after the last couple of weeks, it's kind of uh, you know, back to, uh, you know, back to usual. So that's uh, right. And then Brissett really just, and I mean, not absolutely lighting the world on fire, but he's doing better than I think what anybody could have ever expected. And he's probably one of those on your waiver wire that, especially this week, anyways, uh, be one that, like you said, be a sneaky, a sneaky flex play. And if he continues uh, this uh, chemistry that he has going, and Joku's could jump from that low tier waiver wire pickup to, uh, being put in your lineups every week you know he he has that talent and he can do it but i wasn't really too high on him as far as expectations go until like deshaun deshaun watson returns uh for sure for sure really excited about that but it's really encouraging to see him get a lot of usage even with jacoby Brissett back there yeah, it was rough uh, in, in Scott Fishbowl. I did bench him last week. Uh, he is my he's my tight end, too. But I started Friar Muth o- over him. And actually, the the real decision there was either the Browns kicker or Ninjoku. And I went with Katie York over Ninjoku. So that was just a painful thing to experience. But overall, very happy for him, you know, uh, obviously. But that's just in that tight end premium. Well, oh, oh, that was rough to, to watch that play out mm-hmm. on my bench. But either way, I, better, I would have done the same thing likely with Njoku had he hadn't done anything to this point in this to that right. point in this season so and you know your kicker's at least going to get some extra points at the very least so uh <laughs> right, right. so i would have done uh, likely the same thing crazy all right so we have a another nfc east um clash here with uh the washington commanders at the cowboys uh i I say again because the cowboys played the giants last week uh coming off of the big monday night football win i think the commanders i think you could feel pretty good about antonio gibson still with with brian robinson still coming back i think as long as he is is and we, we wish him well obviously he seems like he's practicing again and stuff so that's very encouraging um i think you can still starts uh antonio gibson still a big fan of terry mclaren myself uh curtis samuel i think you 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 have to start at this point uh the 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 usage has been um very consistent and and quite robust uh hard to not get him into lineups uh jahan dotson is kind of like a border like you're 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 happy to have him on on your bench but but definitely not starting them unless you really need to uh, as you alluded to in one of the listener questions um 
Logan Thomas is, a, is another what one of these tight ends that can have these kind of spike weeks and then just kind of disappear. Uh, so he's, he's kind of iffy. I would not consider him a starter at this point um, for, for this week, at least. Now, the Dallas Cowboys, uh, Cooper Rush has been a, a pleasant surprise. Uh two starts and two wins, you know, from, 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 from a real life standpoint, from, from a real life football standpoint, um, I still would not be so quick to start him as a super flex play. Um, still like CD lamb in that offense. Uh, I still like Ezekiel Elliott. not thrilled about what he's done so far, but you definitely like the Monday night football performance. Mm-hmm. You love Tony Pollard. I think if you have Tony Pollard, you definitely want to keep him in, in, in your starting lineup uh, just for the, I mean, just his explosive play is just a an amazing sight, right? So, so you just kind of wish he would be implemented more. But um, I think he still has has a good enough floor uh, to be a starter. Um, I think Dalton Schultz, if, if he's active, it you know he's he's a guy you want to throw into your lineups. But outside of that. I think it's just a lot of guys you're happy to have on your roster, like 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 a Noah Brown in in some cases, but not a player, not a player I'm really am uh, wanting to start at this point. Any different thoughts on the Commanders or Cowboys? No, I think you pretty well hit it right uh, when you were talking about the Commanders. Uh, I like Terry McLaurin; he's getting that consistent yardage and the consistent usage. I just like to see him find that end zone. Uh, a little bit yeah. more, Curtis, uh, but nonetheless, a weekly starter in week in, week out. Curtis Samuel is kind of somebody I was really had high hopes on for this year. Honestly, I didn't even peg him to get 10 targets a game or uh, be used quite as often in the way that he is. But uh, that gadget player role that he's got in that offense seems pretty solidified, and he's going to be heavily involved week in, week out. And uh, if you snagged him up, you'd be happy this year uh, with. I don't know. I, I'm borderline saying he could be a, a league winning pickup, you know, to to some extent. I'm not saying he's just going to come out and he's going to win every single week for you, but he's definitely going to be one of the most valuable waiver wire pickups of the year. Absolutely. Uh, no. Yeah. It, it's just tremendous how, how he's been implemented. You know, it's like mm-hmm. we've always have seen like like the, the potential and the upside and then just kind of inconsistent there uh, with, with his days in, in Carolina. And then last year, just like the lost season and Again, he he could be like this year's like um, CPAT from 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 like last year. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, yeah. yeah. If you just believed in the talent and the potential role, it's like man, it's just it's just been a, a really great thing to see. Um, but yeah, so yeah, so I'm then with you there. Do you go to like the running backs? <clears throat> Antonio Gibson's one that I've honestly I've never dipped on, even with the Brian Robinson uh, drafting because. Even even now, as things are playing out, I'm even more comfortable with that even after Robinson returns, just because how many rookies were drafted this year as technical RB2s on the depth chart where everybody had high hopes and thought they were going to come in with, with your Tyler Algier, your uh, Spillers. People thought he was going to come in and take some, uh, take some looks from Eckler and things like that. And I think Yes, they drafted him, and yes, he's going to have a role in this offense, but no, I don't think that Brian Robinson's going to come back out his first week, and nor did I think it would have been in week one had he not been injured. Uh, I don't think he's just going to come out and get 10, 15, 20 touches a game. I think they're more just going to kind of trickle him in there and see how he does, and yeah, he might get more more looks and usage, but I don't think he... Antonio Gibson's been too too damn good for them to just 
throwing at the ground running back over him after they just drafted him three years ago. You know, he was a yeah. top 12 running back last year. He's still top 12 even this year at this point. I don't I don't see why you would why you would set him on your bench anyways. Yeah, I mean his his performance has made a lot of those preseason quotes from the coaching staff seem absurd. Where he's just mm-hmm. being used as like a punt returner and like not like the the ideal like starting option. It's like he he has played so well so i'm really glad to see him like have success despite some of that kind of cloudy or, or like mm-hmm. fogginess of the, that that was just this endless like uh you know stream of like negativity around him it's just oh, like, unbelievable know. every but, time you uh, get yeah. on twitter or something it's a <laughs> oh, new yeah. person bagging on him or pro brian robinson and yeah. who knows i'm gonna get I may be wrong, and maybe Brian Robinson comes in, but I don't, and kills it. But I don't. He wasn't drafted for that, and he wasn't. Uh, yeah, he's a great prospect, but he wasn't a first round. He wasn't going to be a first round uh, capital. So I don't think he's. I don't think he's going to be all that much of a threat. He may grow a role, but again, uh, a little bit of overreaction this offseason. Uh, now, if you want to talk about the Cowboys. Going to you, you mentioned CeeDee Lamb. Yeah, they uh, the Ezekiel Elliott was actually one that top 10 every year he's played, man. But again, the thing right. that plays into that is he's always played hurt, whereas you know, most of your players when they're injured, they're just gonna play. But Ezekiel Elliott's gonna go out and give you a couple mediocre games, and so yeah. he'll score that score those points for the end of the season. And he's done well. I've, I've been disappointed just kind of watching him, but. Uh, I think you kind of got to stick with him as just pure usage and volume. Uh, Tony Pollard, I really love what he's doing coming out of the backfield and uh, 100 yards in this last game, uh, playing second fiddle to Ezekiel Elliott's 53, I think he had. Uh, It's really encouraging, and I can't wait to see, honestly, what they do, especially uh, with Cooper Rush until – or not with – Cooper Rush, but with Cooper Rush at quarterback, what they do with yeah. uh, Pollard moving forward uh, while Dak's out. So uh, Dalton Schultz would be kind of one that, like, you typically want to start him, right? I, when when he's got Dak at the quarterback, I'm starting him every single week. But with, with yeah. Cooper Rush, he just doesn't seem to like his tight ends near as much. It seems like those balls mm. are going to your Noah Brown and, and going elsewhere. But uh, – of course, if if you drafted him and you their waiver wire is pretty thin for tight ends, you don't have anything behind him. You're you're putting him in there and you're starting him. But if you have another option, you matchup dependent. I don't know that I would be uh, shy from from setting him down. This at least he'd be kind of matchup dependent for me until that comes back. When that comes back, I like I like his every you know you want to start him every week. I think he's going to get that that reliable usage and and volume week in and week out. Gotcha. Yeah. So I think that I think it's a very good distinction to make where uh, Dak definitely elevates his his role in the offense and just his overall uh, potential output uh, for sure. So I do like that uh, a lot. Next one. That, now, now, this next game is a very interesting one. It's the Seattle Seahawks at the Detroit Lions. Uh, the, the, the Lions are a top three scoring offense across the league right now which is just a, a lot of fun to see um, that this game is another one where it has a lot of shootout potential. Um, so I really like all of the pass catchers on 
in this game, essentially, as long as they're healthy. Like I know Amon Ross St. Brown is a little questionable at this point, but um, I, I would not hesitate to start Jared Goff, especially in a two QB league. Um, kind of a messy situation with, with DeAndre Swift. It seems like he's not going to be going uh, this week or maybe the next couple of weeks. Um, so in that case, I'm all engines go on, on Jamal Williams uh, for sure. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, this is not, uh, for me, he's just one of these like set it and, and forget it tight ends, even though it's been a little bit lackluster up to this point overall. Um, on the Seattle side of the ball, um, Geno Smith is kind of a, borderline flex or a, a super flex play to me. Uh, I would still would be very confident starting DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett outside of them two. I really don't know if there's a lot of Seahawks. I would feel comfortable starting because <laughs> like, because like Rashad Penny always has that potential, but just not a lot of volume. And it's just, there's not really in, in like these game scripts where it's really going to be to his benefit. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just that just kind of gives me some pause. So he's just one of these like avoidable if if possibles. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and Penny looked great last year and in this season. It's kind of been disappointing this year. But when you're talking about this game being a shootout, I'm trying to sit here and think of who's going to get the touchdowns. And yeah, you think Lockett and DK Metcalf, but with Duke, or with uh, Geno Smith at quarterback, I'm I'm putting a cap on like two touchdowns thrown from him you know if if he doesn't throw more you know if he doesn't throw any more than that i don't think they're really going to be putting up a whole lot of points it's going to have to come from the backfield it's going to have to be uh either him scrambling it's going to have to be penny you know coming out and actually having uh finding that end zone or kenneth walker just coming out and and doing something it's going to have to be more than just geno smith he's not going to be able to keep up uh with his opponent for this week for sure, for sure. Uh, moving on to the Tennessee Titans at the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, we, we touched on Matt Ryan. We, we kind of like him against the against the Titans as like a super flex option, not, not necessarily as a one QB option. Uh, obviously, uh, if Jonathan Taylor is active, you're starting him. He, he didn't practice on, on Wednesday, but I mean, it could just be like a maintenance thing. Uh, so I guess, I, guess that, I guess that's something to monitor, but I mean, you're not benching JT if he's active. Um, Michael Pittman. We've talked about Michael Pittman outside of those three. I think maybe uh, Hines is like a borderline flex play, but like, again, like more so in the like by week woods, right. Kind of like, like, like the, the uh, Tyler Boyd or like the, or like the Ramondre Stevenson uh, players of the world there um, on the Titans side of the ball. Um, obviously Derek Henry, you, you, you like, um, Traylon Burks is kind of a a uh, fringe starter, fringe flex, top of your bench. How would you feel about starting uh, Burks this week? Is he someone you think you can rely on, or do you want to see a little bit more out of him first? I generally like to see more out of him, but I don't think this Colts defense is all that great right now. Yeah, uh, I think i mean of all the pass catchers to be honest i'm i'm liking burke's upside more so than even woods and i mean phillips especially at this point so it's just kind of one of those if you if you have to you can flex him but I, i'm not really uh looking to start Traylon burke's really at this point anyways I'd, I'd like to see a little more out of him uh before i'm comfortable flexing him 
Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so I, I would agree with that. Uh, definitely a stronger, he becomes a stronger option as we go later into the season as long as he's being involved in, in the offense. So really outside of those primary like four players or whatever, we're, we're really not playing or starting a lot of the Colts or Titans um, just because they're just there's better options elsewhere. Good to have on, on the bench, but uh, really not starting a lot of them. Then we're going to move on to the Chicago, the Chicago Bears at the New York Giants. On the Giants side of the ball, uh, Saquon Barkley, he, he's a must start outside of him. I really don't know if there's a single player I really feel all that confident starting outside of like deep, deep, deep flex leagues. I, in, in like some leagues I play in, there's like three flex spots. So like maybe then I would throw in like, 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 like a, a, um, like, 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 um, Richie James, but, but that's what we're talking about here. We're not, I'm not ready to start him in your, in your standard, like single flex, uh, kind of a league at this point. Then the the Chicago Bears, as you said a moment ago, are just an absolute mess right now. Like like Justin Fields is not even rushing that much. He's hardly throwing the ball. Uh, you really hate that for like Cole Komet and Darnell Mooney, a lot of these yeah. guys who had just so much promise and like potential, like from like a volume standpoint, it's just it's just not happening. It's just you just can't play these guys. I mean, you're the borderline, even rosterable, you know, it's yeah. uh, for, not for dynasty, for, but just for, for like redraft. Yeah. It's, it's really horrendous. Um, David I, Montgomery I to me. Going in for, for Mooney. I would, I was expecting double digit targets on a gamely basis. So oh, yeah, absolutely. I thought that, that there was no reason why he couldn't sustain like 10 targets a week. Because like the, they, I don't think like the Bears were going to be in a lot of games. I thought they're just going to be throwing, throwing, throwing. Fields has got to run and throw and run and throw. That's why I was really into him as like a sneaky, like you know, late round um, quarterback. But it has just been unbelievable. Like just the the lack of passing volume is just really fascinating and sad all at the same time. Um, so I don't want any bears outside of the running game. So I still really like David Montgomery as long as he's active. Now, if he's not active in this game, I am absolutely smashing um, Khalil Herbert. Any opportunity I can uh, had a, an amazing game, as we mentioned at the top of the show in, in relief of David Montgomery. Um, even if Montgomery is active, like in this, like Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara kind of a situation, would you feel comfortable starting Herbert this week? I'm really only comfortable, st- honestly, starting Herbert if I know that Demont's not going to play a single down. Gotcha, uh, gotcha. Because we kind of have to remember Demont's going to be the man. And Herbert really wasn't all that heavily involved. You know, he might have been uh, growing somewhat of a role, but nothing fantasy rosterable up until. Uh, this last week and demont had his first great game even just the week before getting over 120 yards on the ground demont still got it he's going to be in there uh, I, I, but part-time if he's going to be in there half the game i really don't like they really neither one of them were sexy plays in my opinion i can't gotcha. I definitely say that herbert's just going to come out and take the reins and as soon as i say that then david montgomery is actually going to be feeling a little bit better you know and he's going to get a little more involved and, <laughs> and herbert's not going to do shit but i love I it yeah start, oh. if i go start herbert david montgomery is going to say he's active for the game or uh 
No, if I go start David Montgomery, he'd say he's going to be active, and then he'll sit the whole damn game, and Herbert will go out. It doesn't matter what I choose. It's going to be the opposite. That's right. He'll he'll be active, but he won't play a snap, right? right. Uh, and we just want to like bash our heads into a wall. No, I, I'm I'm just like you. I'm like I'm like such a jaded like player. It's like it's just ridiculous. Um, just like anything that can go wrong will go wrong mm-hmm. if I you know think it's gonna happen. Uh, oh my gosh, that's so funny. But yeah, so so not a lot of players we want to have in our starting lineups from these teams, even borderline have on our roster. So. Aside from the obvious in, in Saquon Barkley. Uh, so now we go on to the New York Jets at the Pittsburgh Steelers. We've already talked through uh, Brees Hall. I think we, we were very confident starting him. Uh, and again, in large part due to the passing volume, this is actually a very intriguing matchup with the return of Zach Wilson and what that Jets offense will look like with him back at it. Um, I would still feel pretty confident starting Garrett Wilson either way. I would still feel pretty confident flexing um elijah moore um where are you at with him on that because i know he like really did well with 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 zach wilson last year do 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 you think they find that spark again this year i do think so i think with zach wilson he he did favor elijah moore and i think this is where elijah moore's probably gonna if there was a window to buy low it's gonna be before this week because uh absolutely zach wilson gets in there if he doesn't do it this week it's only a matter of time before uh, these two really developed that connection. Now, Garrett Wilson has definitely made a name for himself, but I think it's just an added weapon for Zach Wilson to throw to. And I think a- where he saw the struggles <laughs> last year will be minimized at this point. I'm not saying he's going to completely make that turnaround, but it, it lends well to taking that step a step forward. Yeah, I think I think the uh, point about Elijah Moore's by low window is exactly right now. So I love that call. And that's very true. Another kind of sneaky tight end in this game is Tyler Conklin, or at least for 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 the Jets, I should say, is Tyler Conklin. Uh, you know, he's just getting a lot of uh, he's getting a lot of targets, and a lot of volume. Uh, so you will at least be able to hang your hat on that. Um, again, you're, you're not going to love it, right? It's like it, you kind of want to hold your nose in and put him in there. But if you are just kind of desperate, if you were the Cole Komet drafter that did th- this offseason like I was in a lot of places, I'm happy to start uh, Tyler Conklin mm-hmm. over him at this point. Um, so he's kind of a sneaky one um, for he's sure. tied with uh, Travis Kelsey on targets for the season. Third. Wow. Okay. I, I did not realize that. I did not realize it. that. Okay. Yeah. Believe it or not, I looked that up on Sleeper the other day, and I, I was like, "How? How is that even possible?" It's just he hasn't he hasn't really got a whole lot of production out of those targets, but he's seeing the looks. It's there. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's because Joe Flacco was averaging like. 52 pass attempts a game in the three <laughs> games he played. So, so it does make a lot of sense. I just don't know if they're gonna. I'm just very curious to see like what 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 it's gonna look like with, with Zach Wilson in there. I mean, you figure well, there's no reason why they still shouldn't be throwing a lot, but still, uh, Flacco was just like just not handing the ball off. It was just was like it was just was kind of mm-hmm. hilarious to see. But that is alarming that Conklin has the same amount of targets as, as Travis Kelsey. That that's really insane. Yeah, uh, but on the, I think we'll go back to Elijah Moore return. I think that's probably where oh, they could level off. Yeah, back. yeah, and yeah. I think Elijah Moore is probably going to see more of those targets. But yeah, they will go for you know he's going to do a lot more with those targets. So for sure, yeah, I thought sure. I just thought that was fun. I was I looked up I looked up I just organized the uh, tight ends so far for the year, and yeah, oh, yeah. Tyler Conklin was tied right there at third. 
right there next to the Travis Kelsey. I was like, what is he doing there? <laughs> Man, that's that's really nuts. Now on the Pittsburgh side of the ball, um, if if you have Najee Harris and he's healthy, you're starting Najee. Uh, I think Deontay Johnson is is pretty much a must start at this point as well. Even though the offense has been a little, I mean, you, we we were thinking it was going to be better without Ben Roethlisberger. Really hasn't not been that dynamic of an offense. Like another just kind of disappointing uh, situation here. Um, but I still like uh, Deontay Johnson just from a target uh, perspective. Um, George Pickens obviously had that tremendous catch in that Thursday night game against the Browns. So again, just really hope he gets more involved in this offense, but still kind of iffy on having him be a starter. Same with Chase Claypool, another very good talent. Um, so I think outside of Deontay and Najee and maybe even Pat Fryermuth, I'm not sure if I'm really comfortable starting any of these guys, but definitely happy to, to have them rostered for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I was kind of the same way. I had a lot more high hopes for uh, Trubisky coming into this season. I had him definitely rostered as a QB three in almost every Superflex league, and just because he's got Deontay Johnson, he's got Pickens, he's got he's, he's got, got tremendous weapons. Yeah, yeah. For him, yeah, he's got all the talent to throw to. It's a, it's mind boggling to me that he hasn't made something happen yet. I I don't even think Deontay's hit the end zone at this point in the year, which yeah, is now. So uh, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm with you. Aside from I mean, I'm still starting Deontay. I'm not I'm not really liking the fact that he hasn't reached the end zone yet. I, it's a little disappointing, but it is encouraging to see him get those consistent targets and actually turn it into uh, startable uh, startable fantasy production. You know, and Farmouth I would even say has taken a step forward uh, even from last year. So I, I like Farmouth and Nashi. You not. You, you're not sitting Najee. So I think aside from that, that's probably about all the Steelers I'm going to start. Gotcha. Gotcha. Moving on to the Bills at Ravens. So, so we talked about this one um, pretty extensively. Josh Allen, you're starting. Lamar Jackson, you're starting. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark Andrews, you're starting. Stefan Diggs, you're starting. Gabe Davis, as long as he's healthy, I'm pretty confident in saying you're starting him as well as you answered with the question before an interesting one in this game to me is, is um, Rashad Bateman. Uh, I think you mentioned on the waiver wire show, he really has made the most of his opportunities. It just has not been that many. I think, I think you said he has had like two thirds of his fantasy points come off of like two catches or something. Yeah. Uh, going into week three, he, Wait, was that right? We just played week three. So, yeah, going into week three, he had 20, 27 and a half of his 35 fantasy points came off two touchdown plays, a 50-yard and a 75-yard pass. And yeah. I, I was big on on Bateman as a breakout, year two breakout, especially with Mark, with Hollywood leaving. But oh, yeah, it's yeah. It's been nothing but discouragement. I mean, I think Isaiah likely is even competing with Rashad Bateman for a target share on this team, which is – yeah, I, I just I've been really shocked at the at the lack of volume he's getting in in, in the targets. You know, uh, obviously he's like a he's makes like a makes a big explosive play like every single week, which is awesome to see. But it's like I don't know, I don't want to have to rely on that as, as a starting option. Obviously, just tremendous upside there, but I just think like outside of Mark Andrews, like there really isn't any rhyme or reason, like who's going to be targeted more between him or like Duvernay. It just, ugh, it just like drives you crazy. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. um, 
yeah, so he to me, he's a very borderline starting option. Like, I, I don't know. I think in this game, there is a lot of scoring potential, so it might be a good spot to, to get him in there. But um, I don't know, just week to week, it's it's going to be very matchup dependent, uh, mm-hmm. I think. Such a sad opinion, to see. <laughs> yeah, at least for this week, with I think Bills have been really great. Their secondary has been incredible. I don't, but you can't. Lamar's been incredible too. I don't know. I, you know, you just you know it's going to be a shootout and he's going to be slinging it. But it just seems like the only time he really wants to throw to Bateman is when Andrews aren't open and he probably don't have a running line. He just slings it down the field and sees that he snuck behind the defense and you know he just kind of lives on a prayer with Bateman. But. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, but that's kind of I, if I have to, I will start Bateman. I, I yeah. have probably played him in a couple of leagues, uh, but I've just been really disappointed in that in that uh, target usage. For sure, for sure. Yeah, so the, the running backs in this game are are still a little questionable for me. I, I kind of like Singletary if I have to. Um, J.K. Dobbins, though, I I just. I don't know still what to do with him. I'm glad he's back. I'm glad he's active and everything else, but just was not encouraged by, by what he did in in week three there. Um, And the bills are again, just a tremendous defense uh, all around. I don't know if I would feel comfortable starting uh, JK Dobbins in in this matchup. Uh, I think you can avoid him if, if possible and differing thoughts there. To be honest, I avoid, J.K. Dobbins at all costs. I don't ever pick him up in any one of my le- <laughs> in any one of my legs. If you did pick him up, he's likely went at the cost of your RB two, which right. uh, it's just not a sexy matchup this week. If you can, I, I'd go elsewhere. I think there's again, kind of James Robinson could be one of those who probably picked up later. Jamal Williams or something off waivers. I'd I'd really try to go anywhere else but J.K. Yeah. Uh- really my like price point of where I was going to allow myself to draft him was like, if I could get him as like my RB three, like if I already had the cushion of like two mm-hmm. starters like, ahead of him. Uh, so the one redraft league where I do have him, uh, that was the situation. So I got him actually in the sixth round as my mm-hmm. RB three. Oh, so I felt, so, so I felt, I felt very good about that, mm-hmm. but yeah, he's just going to be on that bench for a little while here until we see him back to, 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 to his rookie year form. And, you know, that's just that, that may be a couple weeks here of much improved usage and, and uh, production. So yeah, it's just kind of an iffy one uh, right now. Unfortunately, I was a tremendous fan of his and then just the unfortunate, like uh knee injury at the beginning of the, Oh, it's just horrible. But anyway, so d- d- definitely avoiding him against the bills. Uh, last one in this early slate uh, set of games, uh, the LA chargers at the Houston Texans. The chargers are a really funky one because Austin Eckler has been, uh, consistently mediocre relative to where he was drafted as, right? Like a top half of, of the first round, like pick four, five, six, even seven. A case could have could have easily been made. They right there in the middle of the first round, and um, you know, just not getting the same amount of work that he was last year. Obviously, the touchdowns he scored last year were probably not sustainable going into this season. But the, even the bigger question mark of this whole offense is just Justin Herbert, unfortunately, dealing with with, with, with the rib cartilage injury. That just kind of brings the whole offense down a little bit when he can't be as free to just blast the ball out, right? Um, so a lot of the chargers for me are now just 
very much question marks until we can see uh, Herbert, you know, play comfortably and play well with his his rib injury. Um, so, for example, w- w- would you feel comfortable rolling out um, Mike 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 um, Williams even w- with like a questionable? Keenan Allen, I'm not so sure. I mean, in, in some spots, I, I, I would feel like obligated to, you know, but mm-hmm. I, I probably wouldn't like it. Yeah, I'm not really rolling out Mike Williams unless I know Keenan Allen is 100% out. Uh, and mm. like you said, with the uh, injured Justin Herbert, I, I really don't want any part of Mike Williams with uh, Keenan Allen in there, no matter how Justin Herbert is. Uh, so, but then again, and I, I've actually been thinking about like an Eckler, uh, the Eckler situation where he's been underperforming. Uh, if there was a buy low window on him, it might be now. Uh, I'm not saying necessarily buy low, but at, a, at like a discount, you're not going to get him for, you know, a couple of bench players, but uh, you might get him for uh, less than what you drafted or might get him cheaper than what he would have been drafted for. And this week, I think it's going to provide uh a pretty good opportunity for him to really bounce back. Absolutely. Yeah. Again, it's, it's against the, 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 the lowly Houston Texans. So this could be the big blow up week for Eckler. It absolutely could be this week, especially if Herbert is not feeling comfortable to throw as much as, as he is used to. So I do like that call a lot. Um, Gerald Gerald Everett is has become a pretty interesting uh, tight end. I think he's I think he's definitely startable, especially if if Keenan Allen is out once again. Now the Chargers still have a very good defense, a little bit banged up there with with Joey Bosa, I believe, um, getting hurt. Is he likely to play this week? I think they put him on IR. I oh, say. okay. Yeah, I, 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 I know I'm you're you're a little bit more, but I'm pretty sure I remember that that notification popping up earlier today. They put him on IR. Gotcha. Is that a short term or long term IR? I believe short term. I don't think it was okay. a season ending injury. Gotcha. Yeah. So so you definitely are more of the the IDP mind uh, between the two of us. So I appreciate that insight. Um, but still, you know, still a pretty good uh, defensive unit uh, going up against the the, the uh, Texans here. Um, it's still hard for me to, to not play Brandon cooks despite his, his poor performance last week. So I, I would still would feel confident rolling with him. Another player who's kind of on the fringe is like Damian Pierce. He had, he had a better, he's, he's been better obviously from, from a week one where he just really just like disappointed people who drafted him to as their RB two or as like, as like their flex play. But for me, he was always was a flex play at best and mm-hmm. like more of like a top of the bench type of a player. So that has kind of shown uh, to, to be true and just kind of a touchdown dependent type of a play. Although if he gets the volume like that, that's still pretty nice. Kind of like, like, like the uh, Jeff Wilson's of the world, if you will. Um, would you feel comfortable starting Pierce against the chargers this week in a situation where you, you thought you could? I actually wouldn't mind flexing him this week. Uh-huh. And that that's pretty well just because that the Chargers, albeit having a, a tough defense, it's been more centered around uh, being able to defend the pass. Uh, and when they played the Chiefs in week two, Clyde, you know, one of those middling players, actually had a, a pretty good game where I think he got over 100 yards from scrimmage. And I'm, I'm not sure, did he punch it in that game? Uh, no, he did not. Derek McKinnon scored that game. Uh, but 
it just lends well to opportunity. And I think Damian Pierce could, uh, especially with Joey Bosa out, maybe take a little bit more advantage of uh, a little bit weaker Chargers defensive line. So gotcha. I, don't, I don't mind it if you have to for this week. Again, one of those things that really he's going to be probably one of your high higher end flex plays unless you've got your uh, like Jamal Williams and, and, and guys like that that you kind of picked up later that really just turned out to be gems. He's, I think this week he could uh, have an opportunity to kind of keep keep building on what he's what he's been doing so far. Okay, I like that. Anyone else on the Texans you're interested in starting outside of uh, Cooks or Pierce? I, I would think probably Cooks. not. Yeah. yeah, the volume for Brandon Cooks is going to be there. Uh, you mentioned Everett. He was one uh, I like a lot. Or not, he's, you know, on the other end of the field for the Chargers uh, with Keenan Allen out. I like him a lot more too. Uh, Mike Williams and Gerald Everett, both if Keenan's going to be out. But if Keenan's going to be back, I'm just kind of tempering my expectations with with the other two, because uh, Keenan's. I I think it's going to be Keenan's game. He's going to get all the uh, all the looks, and at that point, it's just kind of how he's going to divvy out the uh, the crumbs. You know, Mike Williams is sure. the one, uh, one that just eats up a lot of targets as a second wide second option. So uh, he just may find it easier to throw it to Everett. There you go. Yeah, I like that. Okay, so that wraps it up for, for the early Sunday slates. Uh, we are now going to finish off some of the uh, listener start sick questions and then wrap up the show with, with the Sunday later slate, which is actually a smaller chunk of games. So um, next listener question comes from Chimichanga44, who is also my brother. So appreciate you uh, asking a question here, bro. Uh, he needs two running backs out of this group. It's got David Montgomery, Devin Singletary, Travis Etienne, and Michael Carter. He's going to be just kind of slotting David Montgomery in if he's active either way. That That's kind of is what he's thinking. I think that would be wise in this case. Mm-hmm. Um, say Montgomery's inactive, though. Say he's just not going to sh- suit up. So between Singletary, Etienne, and Michael Carter, which two would you feel the most comfortable uh, rolling out? Uh, I think if Demont's out, I'm going Singletary and Michael Carter. Uh, I like ETN, but I think Philly's just been too great. Of had two, their defense is going strong right now, and I yeah. I'm, I'm just a little weary on exactly how well ETN is going to do with uh, that level of competition. So in this case, I think Michael Carter is going to have a little more favorable favorable matchup, and he's been efficient as well. Uh, with his usage and the Jets are still going to continue to use him as disappointing as it was to see Brees Hall come in and have to share duties. We were all kind of hoping he was just really going to take over the backfield. Uh, I really don't mind uh, Michael Carter in, uh, in, in this week over Etienne uh, and then Singletary against uh, Baltimore defense. That's just really reeling right now. I think he's, <clears throat> I think he's just going to kind of, have all the opportunity. It's going to be a high scoring game. I think there's just going to be plenty of chances for him to a find the end zone and be get involved in the offense. Perfect. Yep. Yeah. So I will miss Singletary. Then, then, then my initial thought was, was it was ETN just because I've kind of shifted away from Michael Carter, like mentally because of the onset of Brees Hall, but still it's like, Whose floor do I prefer? Is it Carter's or ETN's? I think they're probably averaging around the same amount of uh, targets per game. Um, so yeah, so that's that's a real coin flip uh, between the two. But I think the 
tiebreaker could be the matchup. So in this case, Carter would have the better matchup. ETN would have the more difficult matchup. So I love that uh, thought process there. Uh, now we have another question uh, from at Tzag, and that's with two Gs. Uh, he he has a two-part question. Uh, first one is just straight up Mike Williams or Tyler Lockett. With this one, I'm going with Tyler Lockett. I think there is just because it's going to be more uh, favorable passing volume uh, going his way compared to uh, a banged-up Justin Herbert. Uh, who do you like between Williams and Lockett? I like Tyler Lockett, uh, to be honest. Now, if I think I like Tyler Lockett even if Keenan Allen's coming back. Or if okay. Keenan Allen is out, I guess, is, is what I should say. Uh, this – Seattle Seahawks Detroit game has the makings of uh, of a high scoring game. Again, my yeah. tempering expectations. Geno Smith, I don't think is going to throw any more than two touchdowns max. Uh, but see, they're going to Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf, and uh, Tyler Lockett's really been uh, in a groove lately. And I like I like his play this week against Detroit, who's really actually even just had Tracy Walker go down there, uh, one of their top defensive backs. So. Uh, just kind of lends well to a little bit more opportunity uh, for him. Very nice. Yeah, I like that. And then uh, he had an IDP question here. I'm going to give this one to you completely. He's asking about Emmanuel Ogba of the Miami Dolphins against Joe Burrow and the Bengals, who have been giving up a lot of sacks lately. Um, what can we expect out of Ogba and the and the pass attack uh, or the the rushing attack against? Uh, Joe Burrow. I think you don't want to jump, get too high, get your hopes too high on this game. I know Joe Burrow's been sacked five times or, you know, an average of five times a game, but at the same time, the Miami Dolphins have had favorable matchups defensively. And week one, they had two sacks as a team. Week two, they didn't have a single sack at all. And then week three, they had four sacks. So the fact that two-thirds of their entire sack production has come from that one week, I'm not going to bank on uh, such a high amount of tackles in this game. And uh, with Ogba's uh, low tackle floor, he's maybe getting one to three tackles a game. And if you're lucky, he might get a sack. Uh, but he's not one that's really going to – he's not one that you can rely on with, the low, with uh, a high tackle floor. So I'm really – I'm not putting him in hoping for just a massive game. You know, if you're not typically starting him on a week in, week out basis, I'm I'm pretty well probably going to leave him on the bench. I think if you uh, take a look at our waiver wire show, we could probably help you find uh, several other players that are likewise or similar pivot with possibly more upside. I think uh, Melvin Ingram and other guys, uh, Jerome Baker and people like that on the Dolphins defense are probably going to have a little bit better opportunity to go make those big plays in this game. I think I'm not, like say, uh, if if you got Ogba, if you're not starting Ogba every single week already, I'm probably going ahead and leaving him on the bench. Uh, he's just, I'm not, I'm not gonna throw him into my starting lineup, just hoping for a massive game uh, and like two or three sacks, just because if you throw him in there and he doesn't get that, you're left severely disappointed when your bench defensive lineman or linebacker, I'm not sure what, uh, platform or anything they would have been playing on, but when your replacement on the on the benches at least get five or six tackles, you're really going to be disappointed when Ogba doesn't get his four sacks. Uh, I like so that. Just kind of okay. temper your expectations. Yes, yes, it is an encouraging matchup if you have to 
the chance the chance and opportunity could be there, but I'm not gonna I'm not throwing him over uh, a previous starter. Just hoping for uh, a hit on a, on a big game. Gotcha. I like that. I have a very grounded approach. So so I like that. Um, next one comes from at uh, at Pippomatic. Uh, the the lineup here is two running back, two wide receiver, and a flex for PPR. The running back options are Saquon Barkley, Damian Pierce, Jamal Williams, and the wide receiver options are Devonta Smith, Tyreek Hill, Hollywood Brown, and Gabe Davis. So basically we're looking for five of the seven options, two wide receivers, two running back, and a, and a flex. Uh, which five are you going with here? Oh, let's see who I wrote down. I think I wrote – oh, yeah, I got Tyreek. Gabe Davis and Devonta Smith for the wide receivers in this group. Okay. Uh, I just think that the matchups are a little too favorable uh, to be putting in Hollywood at this point. Hollywood is only touching zone, I think, once this year. And this last week was probably the only week I think that he's even reached 100 yards. So I think easily for me, he's the one I'm sitting out of that group. And then uh, Saquon, or not Saquon, of the running backs, he actually got a good group there. Uh, but I think I'm putting Pierce on the bench and I'm starting Saquon and Jamal Williams. And that's assuming that Swift is not playing. If Swift is back and playing full time, I don't mind. I don't know. I don't, I don't mind putting, well, you probably couldn't put Hollywood in there. So you, I don't mind rolling Pierce out there, uh, in the event that, uh, DeAndre Swift plays and Jamal Williams will take the back seat there. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I, I I like his options a lot as well here, uh, just like you had alluded to. I went with Saquon and Jamal, assuming Swift is out, and then Devonta Tyreek. I actually went Hollywood over Gabe, but I think the more we talk about this Bills and Ravens game, the more I'm thinking uh, it might be better. But I just kind of like um, Hollywood Brown's uh, target potential mm-hmm. more than He's Gabe Davis's. Absolutely. Yeah, so 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 that think, would be like the slight edge I would kind of lean on, but yeah, I mean, I think Davis Hollywood could give you a little bit more solid floor. Probably Gabe Davis is, it has a good chance to have a good game. This could be a shootout of a game, but Gabe Davis isn't one that's that's come in every single week and giving you those those numbers or start worthy numbers, you know. So right. uh, I you know case could be made for for Hollywood there absolutely. Gotcha. No, I, yeah. So I think. I think we are in agreement like Hollywood's more of a floor and then Gabe is more of a ceiling play there. So do like that a lot because of the matchup. And then uh, just two more questions here. Next one is from at uh, Ox Grins. Uh, pick three uh, needs one running back and then two flex plays. Got Brandon Cooks against the Chargers, Khalil Herbert uh, against the New York Giants. Brees Hall against the Pittsburgh Steelers on the Brees Hall question, and then uh, see Pat against the Browns. Uh, for me, this would be Herbert over Hall and C. Pat only if Monty is out. Um, and then two flexes, I would be going with Cooks and oh, it's just hard to go off of CPAT. Um, yeah, the, 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 this one really just hinges on if, if Montgomery is in or out. So in that case, I would go Cooks, Hall, and CPAT. But if 
Monty is out, I'm going Kirk Cooks, Herbert, and Hall. I think I think I'd be benching CPAT personally. Yeah, I think I tend to agree. If uh Demont is out, I'm I'm putting in Herbert and I you pretty well hit it exactly kind of how I would approach the situation. Uh Cooks, Bruce, and CPAT. Otherwise, if uh Herbert's if Demont is out, Herbert put him in there but i wouldn't even be opposed to you know breeze has a better matchup i, I would put breeze in there just because if cpat falls i think uh it's gonna be a lot lower than if breeze falls and doesn't produce gotcha last listener question comes from mike underscore uh dowdy uh he's asking javante williams or jamal williams for ppr so once again, we have another one of these situations where it just depends if Swift is out. So just for the sake of argument, let's say Swift is out and it's just Jamal Williams and Javante Williams. Who do you like better for PPR? Honestly, I never even thought I would be asked this question or have to answer it in this way at all. Yeah. <laughs> but I think if if Swift is out, I'm going Jamal Williams. I think the touchdown upside and the value of his touches are just far too uh uh necessary for your starting lineup and i think javante i don't even know if he's touched the end zone this year i think if they get in the red zone it's going to melvin gordon so uh and with this denver broncos offense they're honestly lucky to even get to the red zone if they are scoring it's likely from outside the red zone and if they're in the red zone it's going to melvin gordon uh, that's just kind of how it's appeared to me anyways. So I think if Swift's out, I'm hands down going Jamal Williams for, <laughs> as it yeah. is, it feels to say. I, I will with Jamal Williams as well, uh, simply for the fact that I think Melvin Gordon, uh, plays more of a role in keeping Javante Williams back than Craig Reynolds would be as the backup to Jamal Williams would mm-hmm. hold back Jamal Williams. So I'm going Jamal Williams too, but just the thought of saying that out loud is just like, it seems crazy, but it is a very good question, but I'd be going with Jamal Williams as well. So, so I like that. We definitely seem to be in sync with, with, with a lot of these questions. So hopefully, and again, we, we appreciate the, the, the listeners for asking the questions, but ultimately they will be pressing that, that uh, lineup uh, some mid button but i think we definitely helped them out as far as the thinking through the uh question for sure so i appreciate your input there axton so we're just going to wrap up the show here with the sunday later slate just three matchups here uh first one we have the arizona cardinals at the carolina panthers uh, on the panthers side uh christian mccaffrey I'm, I'm still starting him dj moore though I feel like I just have to start him, even though it's been a little bit disappointing. And um, let's see, outside of those two, I'm not sure if there's anyone else that I would want to start. Baker Mayfield has also been pretty disappointing as well. And then, um, and then, on the Arizona side, uh, Kyler Murray has also been uh, disappointing. And uh, James Conner, I think, has been having some uh, issues uh, recovering for, from that ankle injury that he had to leave uh, week two uh, with. And then obviously the week three, uh, he was not uh, very good. Um, just want James Conner here. Uh, just just very, very, very concerned over him uh, against the Panthers. Not necessarily because of the Panthers, but just because he just has not 
his, his week three really kind of scared me off of if he's still questionable, it's still going to be hard for me to start him. Um, and on top of the fact that, that the Arizona offense has been uh, pretty shaky up to this point, um, basically we're just saying on the, on the Panther side of the ball, I'm confident in Christian McCaffrey. I'm still going to be rolling with, with DJ Moore as much as I, uh, am frightened of that prospect. Uh, then on the Arizona side of the ball, Kyler Murray, I, I, I would probably still roll out. Hollywood Brown, I would still roll out. Uh, still iffy on James Conner. I think Zach Ertz would also be a tight end I'd be starting here. Anyone else from these offenses that you would feel comfortable starting? No, I, I think he pretty well hit it right. I think James Conner is going to have a better opportunity to find the end zone uh, this week and uh, get back to kind of what what uh, his owners were drafting him as. Uh, who who did you say? He's playing the Panthers. The Panthers have allowed uh, two touchdowns to opposing running backs as uh, on the ground as well as a receiving touchdown. Uh, okay. So at least it's encouraging to know he, he does get involved uh, in the red zone uh, on passing plays for Kyler Murray. Uh, outside of that, I think you you hit it right with <clears throat> with Hollywood, Kyler, uh, and then on the Panther side, DJ Moore uh, with uh, uh, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, but DJ Moore is also one that I've kind of been finding myself in a lot of situations where I'm either him or Christian Kirk or yeah. Curtis Samuel or something like that for me, and. Honestly, unless he's just got a crazy good favorable matchup, I don't. In that situation, I'm putting Kirk in. I'm putting Curtis Samuel in, unless unless matchups are just screaming otherwise. For sure, for sure. Yeah, it, it's just really disappointing. Um, you know, he I mean, he got the touchdown in week two, but it, it it just I guess like Baker Mayfield just has not done him any any favors. You know, uh, just, just waiting for for that QB to get the most out of DJ Moore still, but he's just too good of a talent to just keep on the bench. But again, if if it keeps up, that it, it, there is uh, definitely a case to be made about you know just being hesitant. You know, I think also on the Cardinal side of the ball. Um, Greg Dorch is a player who's like kind of come out of nowhere. Uh, so he's an interesting guy to have on your team. I, I just don't know about if he's a really starter worthy, even though he has had a lot of success, unless you, unless you feel differently. I think he might have some sort of flex appeal, at least till uh, DeAndre Hopkins comes back. I there you go. Okay. Going into this season that AJ Green would have been taking that role uh, in the offense, right. but it seems like he's pretty well stepped back and it's Greg Dorch's now. Uh, but again, it, you know, he's just kind of one of those players that has a uh, oh a timer on him, right? So whenever DeAndre Hopkins comes back, it's going to be it's not going to look the same. I don't think Greg Dorch gets all those targets, and I think he just more has uh, splash games here and there. Uh, but for now, I'd I wouldn't I wouldn't mind giving a, a decent matchup. I wouldn't mind uh, throwing him in there as a flex if you have somebody uh, that's kind of similar as far as uh, value in your starting lineup that has maybe a less favorable matchup. I wouldn't mind throwing uh, Greg Dorch in there if you have to. Gotcha. Yeah, that's good stuff. All right. Uh, moving on to the New England Patriots at the Green Bay Packers. Uh, touched on this one a little bit. This game is a little bit different because. Mac Jones uh, of the Patriots is likely not going to be suited up. So now we have um, 
Brian Hoyer uh, leading the way. Jacoby Myers was inactive in week three. So pretty much as long as he's active, I really like him as, as like a flex play. Um, but really just the, the Patriots offense has just been like, just kind of icky. It's just been kind of yucky. You know, is it, is it, uh, is it um, Nelson Aguilar this week? Or is it going to be Kendrick Bourne like the next? It's just and they're like Devontae Parker last week. He had a lot of opportunity, obviously, without Myers there. But um, just a lot of players I really don't feel super comfortable starting. Even like Damian Harris and like Ramondre Stevenson, I think our spots start like flexes, but definitely with, um, uh, you know, it's just going to be one of these things like you, you want to avoid them if, if possible. Um, do you like either one against the Packers this week? Uh, Harris or, hey, as far as Harris or Stevenson, I prefer Damien Harris over Ramadre. I think, okay. uh, Ramadre does have his games where he's just going to be very efficient and they're going to roll with him. But I think, in, uh, on a game to game basis, they're going to start it out with Damien Harris. And if he can run and do what he does, they're going to let him do it. Uh, but occasionally Stevenson's just going to come in and steal the show so uh, in a desperation play I don't mind Damian Harris just because of his touchdown upside if he's getting a lot of uh, volume in any given game chances are he's going to be taking a lot of those red zone opportunities if they if they can get there that's but that's also you know the thing is like with uh, the kind of wide receiver room they have and the quarterback play and that just kind of the whole mix of things you really don't don't know if they're even going to be able to get that far uh, because Jacoby Myers is uh, has been doing doing well and but then Devonta Parker comes out and and these other wide receivers come out and make these and have some decent games but there's not really any players on this on this team as far as wideouts go that that can really just kind of carry them all the way down the field every every drive so it's just that's right of, yeah you know, a hit or miss. And if they make it to the red zone, Damian Harris is going to be the star of those red zone plays, in my opinion, anyways. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I, I, I like that a lot. Um, Another another very disappointing Patriot to this point has been Hunter Henry. Like, what is going on there? Uh, Just just really sad because I'm such a Hunter Henry fan. He just hasn't done anything. Uh, now, on the Packers side of the ball, a little interesting. I'm still very bullish on, on, on the running backs. I still really like Aaron Jones a lot. I think A.J. Dillon is always a threat to, to score a touchdown each week. Um, Aaron Rodgers, though, I, I really don't really think it's necessary to start him in like one QB leagues. I really think the loss of like Devontae Adams is, is just really, it can't be um, just um, um, stated enough, you know, just how much of a loss that is like for that overall offense. And even with, with the wide receivers they have now are kind of borderline startable at best. Um, you, you like the touchdown with, uh, with, with Alan Lazard last week and, 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 and dubs and stuff, but I don't know, even w- with that, I, I, that, that didn't help my confidence in, in getting Lazard into a starting lineup, but at least at this point, you know, um, if, if they, if the two of them just like emerge as like the main go-to guys, then that, that'll be a different discussion, but it just doesn't seem to be as much upside in that passing game at this point. Yeah, I completely agree. It kind of just seems the way that the stat sheet has filled out that Lazard has been the red zone target or the end zone target. Dobbs will catch a good pass or two, uh, you know, on occasion uh, to help them advance up the field. But for the most part, it's really just using Aaron Jones and 
that backfield and AJ Dillon and, and AJ or Aaron Jones to to move the ball up the field, and then it yeah. could, like you like you mentioned, uh, occasionally Dobbs will get get a long pass and might turn into a touchdown or something and really help them out. But for the most part, they're really just kind of using the that backfield as as their anchor. And I don't mind AJ Dillon for the uh, touchdown upside, the red zone looks he's going to be getting on the ground. Uh, but generally, AJ or uh, Aaron Jones is going to be kind of the the shining star if you will of this green bay packers offense and that's even kind of uh being generous because aaron jones is kind of being known for uh being boomer bust very boomer bust so yeah uh, yeah but i think he's really the only one that i'm hands down every single week starting aj Dillon's even kind of that that flex opportunity for me uh depending on the game he may not if he don't score he may not yield you a lot of uh fantasy points yeah it just seems to be one of these teams where they just seem to be better for like real life football compared to actual mm-hmm. like fantasy football, which is what we, we primarily care about on this show. Yep. Uh, so it's just, it's just disappointing because I just have been such a fantasy gold mine, you know, with, with a guy with like Adams and Rogers there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just Rogers, it, it's just tough to, to get him into starting lineups and in single QB leagues with uh, how they have been, uh, you know, throwing the ball just has been a little bit lackluster uh, as of late. Mm-hmm. So obviously tremendous talent, but it's like Tom Brady, right? It's like women that don't have the, you, you, they, they don't have the, the uh, justification to get them into starting lineups at this point, despite being obviously very talented. So the final game of the week uh, that we're going to be covering here is the Denver Broncos at the Las Vegas uh, Raiders. Um, We've already touched on on the Broncos just being kind of a, a dumpster fire as far as what, what their offense has looked like. Um, still good pieces there. I mean, it still is going to be hard for me to to not play Russell Wilson, just knowing what he's throwing, like who's in that offense. But as a super flex, I, I think he's definitely is borderline not usable in single, single QB leagues. Um, I still am still fairly stubborn. I still am such a big fan of Cortland Sutton and, and Jerry Judy, but it is just kind of brutal, like the way that they that the ball has been um, implemented. You know, it, the whole offense has just looked like kind of crazy. In this particular matchup, I'm much more into uh, Javante Williams and, and Melvin Gordon. Uh, to 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 be honest, against the Raiders and 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 the kind of uh, lackluster defense that that they've uh, displayed at this point. Um, Melvin Gordon, I think, can be a flex play if you need him. Uh, you, you, you're, you're not going to feel great about it. You're really hoping he gets a touchdown there. But I think that this could be an interesting uh, spot start for him. Um, anyone on the Broncos side other than like Javante Williams, would you feel comfortable uh, starting this this week? Uh, Cortland Sutton, I'm with you there. I, I honestly wouldn't even mind Cortland Sutton. <clears throat> yep as a consistent flex play or even like a wide receiver three or something like that, uh, just because he's, he is of this offense, his usage and volume has been consistent. I, yeah. I think the only thing else you can ask for is that he finds the end zone, but he's getting 70 plus receiving yards every single game. And he's putting up good, solid fantasy numbers that, that you like to see. 
Uh, so there is a diamond in the rough. And I, I think, uh, like you mentioned with Russell Wilson, he's borderline QB2 for, uh, or he's a QB2 for super flex and borderline playable for single QB. But I think it's kind of only a matter of time. I hope crossing my fingers before they really start to kick things off with this offense. I think there's just too much talent for them to be struggling like this. Right. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I really hope that they can turn it around. Um, but yeah, and, I mean, and their it, record suggests otherwise, but they're just ugly ball. Yeah, no, it, it's really, it's really insane. Um, I think just for like, for Nathaniel Hackett's sake, you know, I hope that like that there can just be better, you know, um, decisions being made and just better production overall, but it's, it's, it's really, really frightening. Now on the Las Vegas Raiders side of the ball, uh, you're not benching Devonte Adams. You're not benching Darren Waller. Um, I think Josh Jacobs is kind of borderline. He's he's basically ha- has disappointed, but it, it's going to be hard for me to not get him in a starting lineup at this point. Um, it, and I think like Derek Carr is another one of these where like there are obviously is great pieces in this offense, you know, but it just hasn't been like the most consistent where he just was always was like, well, he's just like right around Kirk Cousins, where I think Kirk Cousins has just done a little bit more here. Uh, would you still feel comfortable starting Derek Carr in like a single QB league? Yeah, actually, I do. I have him starting yeah. in a redraft league of mine because he does. He's come out and put up 20 or so fantasy points each week, I think. Uh, and I think that's even going to be a bare minimum for him. I think. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, Derek Carr definitely, uh, has good weapons to, throw to let's just pull up his uh player card here okay yeah so just under 15 points in week one uh 19 points in week two almost 21 points in week three so i think you're right i think i think Derek carr has been playing a little bit better than i was giving him uh, initial credit for there um two touchdowns in every game uh and four interceptions overall so no i think uh i think i just kind of uh, overlooked him a little bit there. So no, I, I I'm with you. I think he definitely is a, a startable option in a uh, single QB leagues. Um, I think Josh Jacobs is kind of an interesting one. Uh, would you feel comfortable starting him? Uh, maybe flex play. I think yeah. he's going to see plenty of volume. I just, just not really putting up the numbers like what he has in the past. And like we were all hoping for, um, Right kind of one of those i'm trying to avoid if i if i have to i'll play him but uh definitely not a sexy uh a sexy choice there (laughs) for sure for sure yeah um anyone else in in this las vegas offense i know like matt collins had like the big game uh interesting interesting stash just because of his usage uh, and he's gotten consistent volume he's up there in about every category at least at this point in the season after uh, last week, uh, right. but I'm not relying. I'm not gonna feel comfortable starting him until I really see a role carved out. And I think there's just too much talent ahead of him for him to really become fantasy relevant beyond you know short spurts here and there. And at that point, it's it's just a guessing game, like anybody else on waivers. Right. 
Yeah, and I'm I'm kind of hoping that um, Hunter Renfro like gets his act together a little bit more mm-hmm. here because I think he still has target upside, you know. But mm-hmm. it, I mean, he had he had the unfortunate fumble um, in in week two, I believe it was, and had a concussion. So it was just kind of a series of of like um, unfortunate events there uh, mm-hmm. with him. But uh, I I see, I think there there's no reason why he couldn't be just heavily you know used in in this offense uh, for sure. But then again, it's like there's a lot of Waller, there's a lot of Adams, there's a lot of Renfro. It's like I don't know, mm-hmm. it might be kind of like up and down uh, week to week. So he's another guy I'm I'm still fine uh, fine stashing, but definitely not ready to start uh, yet, especially if he is uh, questionable or or not active uh, on game day. So yeah, I think I think we nailed it. I think we 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 hit all the matchups and and gave a lot of the uh, the listeners a lot of good expectations for for all these players. Um, so I appreciate you coming on, Axton, and I uh, just want you to now. Oh yeah, absolutely. Now I want you to just remind the good people here uh, where they can find you and what you are going to be working on this year. Uh, I'm just kind of right now tending to fatherhood, so I might put out a piece here and there uh, as the season goes along. But you can find any of my stuff at uh, the idpguys.org website. I have an author page over there. You can find any of my articles. Um, And then also, if you want to get more involved, uh, become a subscriber, get in the Discord. I'm always in the Discord looking to answer uh, questions and uh, just interact in general or reach out to uh, any of us IDP guys uh, on Twitter or uh, whatever, you know, platform, YouTube, ask your questions, wherever we're all, we're all more than willing to uh, engage and be there for our subscribers and really just anybody in general. So, uh, so yeah, feel free, go ahead and subscribe and, and follow, follow your IDP guys. I love that. I love that. I ask you about you and you put it on the rest of the staff. So I love that. I love the humility, but I would recommend you reach out to Axton. He's got a great uh, football mind and he's always available to, to answer your questions. So that's awesome. Uh, so once again, I appreciate you coming on Axton and uh, just best of luck with, with, with fatherhood. It's a very exciting time uh, that, that you find yourself in. So best of luck there and best of luck with, with your fantasy teams and with your Kansas city chiefs, obviously. And for everyone else, uh, thanks for listening. And uh, hopefully we can steer you in the in the right direction here as we're trying to optimize your, your lineup. So uh, from Axton and Steve, that that was the show today. So best of luck and uh, keep climbing.